Why has Triple H been so successful? Why is Triple H running WWE better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard on Monday and Friday night? Long-term booking. What is going on, guys? Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your AEW Full Gear Post Show for November 20th, 2022. I am your host, JD, from New York. As always, coming to you live from the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining me. And Jesse... On this early Sunday morning, wherever you may be. Man, it's 34 degrees in New York City right now, bro. But, oh my goodness, it is scorching hot in Newark, New Jersey, bro. A new era, Jesse, has begun. And that era is MJF, man. I'm f- from, from one New York asshole to another, bro. I'm fucking happy. I'm proud. Love it. It's a beautiful thing, man. Beautiful thing, bro. We finally got the MJF back that we all wanted. If you guys Love seen it. just a little bit of the scrum, I didn't watch it, but Jesse was watching it. Uh, he went uh, absolutely nuclear heel in the scrum, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. I was, I was. So I was talking, I was talking to to JD before the scrum went live and about the about the ending of the of the show, and we'll get into that part later. But then, um. So I started watching the scrum and I watched MJF come out, hijack the scrum, call everybody fucking assholes and idiots for <laughs> believing everything that he fucking said. And we're all fucking retards. And then he's gonna he's the champion. He's gonna bring prestige back to this company. And then he just fucking left. Gone. Gone. And Tony's just sitting there with that same look on his face after the last scrum, just sitting there like, okay, any questions? So good. So good, man. Man, this show, uh, uh, listen, I want to start off. Uh, I'm in a good mood tonight. Jesse's in a good mood tonight. This was a very good show. This was, this was, I wouldn't even say a very good show. I thought this was a great show. Tonight was a great show. Wasn't perfect. No show ever. No wrestling show you ever watch is perfect, okay? But tonight was an excellent show for AEW standards. I felt the old AEW in... Uh, Newark tonight, I felt it all throughout this entire show, minus a thing or three. And, Jesse, I believe, with what we talked about, I feel like AEW was cold coming in. I feel like there was no sense of urgency. I felt like things were being booked on the fly. I feel like things weren't really given a chance to really develop. It wasn't really, to me, like the old AEW, where long-term booking was the predominant force in AEW. Tonight, bro, I feel like with the decisions that they made, look at the decisions that they made. MJF is the world champion. Jamie Hayter is now the new AEW women's interim champion. And I love Sean Spears' tweet tonight. It's either champion or not. Fuck this interim bullshit. We'll get to that in a second. Jamie Hayter is the new AEW. Record, he, he, he's not a champion anywhere. So <laughs> throwing that one out there. Jamie Hayter, the new AEW women's champion, 
and the acclaimed, the AEW Tag Team Champions, bro. The heart and soul of AEW right now is their homegrown talent. And I feel like what they did tonight was not only turning the page, but my God, man, this absolutely, I hope to God that Tony Khan is planning a reset, man. This felt like a fucking reset of the entire brand going into the rest of November, December, and on into 2023. This was a great rebuilding phase for AEW tonight to get back on the right track. It felt like a very hard reset and a very well-needed one. Yes. Um, MJF is back to clearly being the absolute top heel um, in the company. Um, I do have a small concern about who is supposed to be his arch rival, who's the number one baby face in the company. But I think we have time to establish that because it could be a it could be a couple of people. I mean, I know we've got great people to, to challenge him for the world title. That's not the question. I'm talking about a clear-cut number one top baby face in the whole company. And I think we can get there. But you got to establish one thing first. You need somebody to step up and want to um and to dethrone someone and take someone off the top of the company. And that right now is MJF. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, I think what they did was absolutely hit the reset button tonight. Uh, the decisions that they made were excellent decisions. We're going to go over Jamie Hayter's big win. That's something that I was very happy about as well. I'm glad Tony Khan pulled the trigger on that. We're going to go over the acclaimed and what they did and the story there with Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. Excellent stuff there. The steel cage match with Jungle Boy, Jack Perry, and Luchasaurus. Probably... The best steel cage match one-on-one in all of 2022. The Fatal 4-Way with Chris Jericho defending the Ring of Honor world title against Sammy Guevara and Brian Danielson uh, along with Claudio. Excellent Fatal 4-Way. May have been the best Fatal 4-Way all year in 2022. They had some excellent, excellent matches tonight from top to bottom. Soraya, we're going to go over that. She was in the ring for the first time in five years against Britt Baker, and she looked for the first time in five years... I know people are going to be picking on her. And I know people are going to be ragging on it. I thought she looked good. We're going to talk about that. Britt Baker looked like a real professional out there with what she did. We're going to go over that. There's a lot of stuff to get into, guys. All in all, Full Gear to me was the best AEW pay-per-view besides AEW Revolution in February. This may have been the second best pay-per-view that they put on all year. I thought this was an excellent show, and Tony Khan and company should absolutely be proud. Jesse, you want to add anything before I get into the intros, and then we're going to hit this review hard, and we're going to get into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, man. Um, fantastic show. Very, very much so a reset. Um, like you said, they came in cold. Um, they came out hot. Um, the, the pay-per-view, like we said before in the lead-up, there was just not too, much, not too much heat going into it, but we expected a fantastic show, and that's exactly what we got. So, I mean, all in all, Excellent show. Yes. Thank you guys so very much for joining us, man. I know there's a lot going on. There are people that are not normally live, live right now. There's an AEW media scrum going on. Who wants to listen to the fucking geek journalists out there? You want to be in the OTS venue with Jesse and me drinking your cold beverages, man. Thank you guys so very much for joining us right here on OTS. I'm going to need you guys, if you enjoyed the show tonight, this is your little homework assignment for tonight. If you enjoyed the show tonight, I'm going to need you to hit that thumbs up. We're going to ask for no less than a 1,000 likes minimum right here on the post show. So make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, 
and Cameo. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button down below. We are 300 away from 139,000 subscribers. I'd love to hit 140 before the end of the year, so thank you guys very much for all of your support there on the channel. Tons of content for you. Go and check that out all throughout the week. It's on the homepage. Make sure you guys go check the live section on the homepage as well. All my live streams are there. Super chats are open. You're going to get them on in. We got a couple of bombs already tonight. We got a $49.99 uh, mini bomb in the chat already by KW. We got some new members, and we got some recommitments to the VIP club as well. If you guys want to become a VIP, a channel member right here on the podcast, all you got to do is click that join button and become a VIP. Sit VIP right behind me in the venue. Channel members get new emotes. You get badges next to your name. You guys get early content. Tons of stuff, man. So make sure you guys go check that out. And I want to make sure you guys are aware we got new merchandise, man. Exclusive merchandise. Limited merchandise right now. Lucharillos.com Lucharillos and Off The Scripts collaborated on one hell of a design, man. That is J.D. Rilla. So make sure you guys go get that out. Uh, get that and get it out to yourselves because it's only going to be available for three weeks. Lucharillos.com all you're going to do is search JD from NY or off the script, and you're going to get yours today, man. Three weeks, and then it is gone. But I will say this. I'm working on a new design that will also be a limited one right before Christmas. Hopefully, I can get it out. So you guys got some new merchandise coming right before the end of the year. LuchaRillas.com. So go get your new limited merchandise right here, courtesy of the podcast. Jesse, want to add anything? You got a PlayStation 5 raffle going on that's going to be concluding soon? I do, man. Thank you. We have less than two weeks left before we finally raffle off this PlayStation 5. Join me on Monday for my dark re uh, watch along and Tuesday because I will also not only be having the opportunity to buy your way into the raffle, but I will be giving away flat out giving away raffle entries thanks to a member vip in steven abaddon loving vandelli 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 he has graciously purchased purchased over 100 dollars worth of raffle tickets and said that i'm at liberty to give them to fans of my channel so join me and you could win a free raffle ticket and flat out win a free playstation 5 there you go who doesn't want a PlayStation 5 right before the holidays, man? 825 disc-based system. I use mine daily. Yep. Love it. Hey, what's your what's your Modern Warfare 2 rank? Uh, we are at uh 90. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> you gotta play DMZ, bro. DMZ uh, level up a lot. And I actually really like DMZ for some reason. I didn't think I was gonna like it, but I do quite enjoy it. I played it. I played it once. It was. It was like it was a lot more going on in there than um than Warzone. So I got to get back into it. Yeah, it's good. I would. I would recommend if anybody's playing Modern Warfare. I would recommend DMZ. It's a fun time. Uh, AEW Full Gear tonight was a fun time. Pre-show. I watched the pre-show. I wasn't overly impressed with what I saw in the pre-show. But we're gonna quickly go over just the winners. We're not gonna break down these matches as they didn't really uh pertain to anything moving forward outside of one. We got Orange Cassidy, Trent Barretta, Chuck Taylor, Rocky Romero, and the new Danhausen, Jesse. The new mysterious and evil Danhausen. I don't know if you I don't know what you guys think of Danhausen. Apparently, he's undergoing a slight gimmick change. 
Uh, they defeated QT Marshall, Aaron Solo, Nick Camarado, our boy Lee Johnson, and Cole Carter in a big 10-man tag. And that was pretty much that, Jesse. I don't know what you thought of this. Um, this was merely just a way to get Orange Cassidy on the show. Orange Cassidy and friends really uh, didn't do much of anything for me. But Orange Cassidy's got a busy uh, AEW Dynamite coming up as he's going to be defending that All-Atlantic Championship against uh, Jake Hager. It felt like an episode of the dark. Yeah, definitely. This is a dark match, no question. It really did. And and, that, and that's no knock on Orange. It's just everything they have him doing and everything with that title just seems very low budget and unnecessary and forced. I'll tell you it, what, it, uh, it, Tony Khan signed uh, uh, Takeshita. He's now All Elite officially, man. I, I, I've been saying this for weeks, even covering it on my Friday night stream when I do just a little rampage when it matters. Uh, after the SmackDown portion, Takeshita would be a perfect candidate to take that belt off Orange Cassidy, man. He is the perfect ambassador for that title. He would be. He would be. I mean, but even still, I mean, it just seems like they're just trying to shoehorn people, scenarios, and situations into the creative just to get something going for that title. When I'm sorry, man, I'm very sorry, but the unfortunate fact of the matter is that title is just not needed. It's just not needed right now. Not right now. Yeah, uh, well, I mean, it, it may not be needed, but uh, I do think, honestly, I enjoy the concept of the All-Atlantic Championship a little bit more than the TNT title. Yes, I, 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 can, I, I, can, I can get behind the concept yeah. of it. I really can. But like you just said, how about we establish that TNT title first? Wh- which, know, we'll, which we'll get to tonight because that was a very, very bizarre booking decision by TK tonight. Yes. Uh, I, I did not understand what happened there. We'll go over it. Samoa Joe is the new TNT champion. He is now the TNT champion and the new uh, uh, the new TNT champion and the Ring of Honor te- television champion. I don't know why. I, I don't know why. I don't know why. We'll go over it. We'll give our thoughts on that. Uh, Ricky Starks defeated Brian Cage to advance in the Eliminator Tournament. He's now in the finals with Ethan Page. That should be a great match. Um, two things I want to say about this. Number one, I like the journey that they're putting Ricky Starks on. It looks like it's going to be Ricky Starks as a babyface against MJF at Winter is Coming. Jesse and I have talked about this uh, for a couple of weeks now. The winner of this tournament is basically winning a loss, if that makes any sense to you. He's, he's going into a match with MJF now. Whoever wins this thing, either Ethan Page or Ricky Starks, I'm assuming they're going to set up Ricky Starks to win this. He's walking right into a fucking loss at Winter is Coming because nobody for the next calendar year is beating MJF at least. But I like what they're doing with Ricky Starks. He had to go through Lance Archer. That took a toll on his body. He had to go through... Brian Cage tonight, that took a toll on his body. He was beat up in this match heavily. Brian Cage got a lot of offense. I'm loving uh, Brian Cage and the uses of the usage of Brian Cage. This is uh, the best that we've seen Brian Cage in several, several months. So I'm glad that he's getting some TV time and getting some shine on TV. And Starks won this thing with a very impressive Rochambeau. And he got the big man up. He's in the finals on Wednesday against Ethan Page. And I suspect Ricky Starks is going to be the new number one contender, Jesse. Sorry, Jamie Hayter just came to the podium. Oh, 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 oh okay, okay. Get your I mean, mind, get your mind out of the gutter, Tony Brown. I mean, come on now. She, she's, she's the champion, bro. Yeah, I, I like what they're doing with Ricky. Starks. Somebody's gonna have to go hide in the bathroom somewhere, right? Is that, yeah, is that, yeah, is that yeah, what I got? Break. Okay. Got to take a break. Okay. You know, I, I like what they're doing with Ricky Starks. Um, he's he's one of those weird hybrid wrestlers that you know I would rather see. I would rather much rather see Ricky Starks as a heel. I really, really would. But I can't sit here and shit on his baby face run because he can he can get the crowd behind him. 
Um, he's had success working babyface, so I think he's going to be a fantastic um, babyface for MJF if that's where they're going with it. Um, and that's a good feud. That I mean, even if it's a one-off, that's a good spot for Ricky Starks to be in the in the top spot for a little bit. Um, that's a credible opponent in the ring for MJF to help start to validate his championship run. Um, he does need to move up a little bit to help make it a success. But again, we just started. Yep. And Ricky would be a fantastic beginner. And there's others he can go on to as well. Yeah, Ricky, Ricky needs to, if he's going to go into this match with MJF, this is the last thing I'll say on this because we'll get the match on Wednesday. We'll see what happens then. And then uh, obviously going into winter is coming. If that is the planned match, they need to come up with a way where it's not just Ricky Starks going into this match, taking a loss and then disappearing for another six weeks only to reemerge with a new feud. They need to build something out of that match where it keeps him consistent on television and sets up his next feud so he continues to look strong going in and also coming out. So I hope that Ricky Starks is really treated well uh, at Winter is Coming if he is indeed the guy to go up against MJF. That's all I'll say. I don't want him to go away. He's very over with the crowd. He's very over here in New Jersey. People want to see him, and uh, I hope Tony Khan uses him a little bit better going into the winter months. Yeah, that would be very easy to do. Um, in terms of um, just producing a good match, which they can do. Um, and at the ending, uh, the ending just needs to be someone who, whoever's going to feud with uh, Ricky next, needs to get themselves involved in the ending of that match. Yeah. That's all. So then they have something to go ahead and spiral off from that match into Ricky's next feud. Yes, absolutely. Eddie Kingston defeated June Akiyama. This is uh, nothing more than a dream match for Eddie Kingston. He got his dream match. They gave them uh, a decent amount of time. This was the third and final match on the zero-hour pre-show. I love what Tony Khan does, you know, when he wants to go out there and treat people right and give them what they want. He gives Eddie Kingston June Akiyama here on uh, the full gear card on the pre-show, so he got what he wanted. Uh, Nice little back and forth here. Not really invested in what uh, Eddie Kingston and June Akiyama go on. It was just a, a treat to see Eddie Kingston happy and get what he wants here. We all love Eddie Kingston. And uh, he won with his uh, spinning back fist. So that was pretty much it. Kingston took the microphone post-match and said not to thank him. It's about thanking the fans for showing up and thanking Jun Akiyama for the match. Kingston shows respect to the giant Baba and other Japanese legends, uh, Antonio Inoki and et cetera, et cetera. And he hopes he made them all proud with his match tonight against Akiyama. He went to run down the pay-per-view card himself. He kept asking the producer out, st- uh, out on the ringside area. Now, how much time he has, and he was joking about, he got cut off, he was talking about uh, some of the matches that he wants to see, and before he got to the women's match, he was very interested in Tony Storm and Jamie Hader. He's like, oh, that's all, all the time I got, goodbye. And then he left the ring, and people gave him a big Eddie, Eddie chant. So, um, Kingston wins, no more, no less, but uh, I'd like to see Eddie Kingston a little bit more involved moving forward as well. I think he's still got a lot of value uh, in him on AEW television, but... Eddie Kingston, bro. Who doesn't like Eddie, King- Eddie Kingston? Yeah, um, Eddie. Eddie has had a um, a little bit of a of a a bump in his um, in his re- in his uh, reactions to the crowd and everything else. But that could be another one. You know, Eddie Kingston can be a fantastic feud for MJF for that world title. Yes, fantastic. That would uh, be that would be work. yep. I mean, that, that'd be great. That'd be a great, great few. MJF, gonna... MJF, bro, would be the one guy, if you want to sell Eddie Kingston to the fans as one last shot at winning the big one, MJF yeah. is the perfect opponent 
for him to just go out there and, and demoralize Eddie Kingston and, and beat him and crush his dreams. I mean, the pro- it, to me, it would be a main event match. If you build it up right and the story is there, it, w- it could easily main event a revolution or a double or nothing. And then the promo oh, work, God. like you said, would be fucking fantastic. I mean, I hope that that, that is one of the directions that Tony Khan does take MJF into in 2023. Yeah, well, yeah, see, the so the, the buildup and the promo work alone would be so great in the in, in selling us on that being a main event, you know, because Eddie, like you just said, Eddie's gonna go out there and he's gonna he's gonna break him down. He's gonna fucking he's gonna he's gonna chop him down. If there's anybody in the back that can hang with MJF on the mic right now, it would be Eddie Kingston. Yeah. So he's gonna he, he's gonna break him down. He's gonna he, he's gonna verbally beat him down, and then when it comes to the match, Eddie's gonna put him over. So and and I think that could be um I mean if we're gonna if we're gonna lose to nefarious means, um well, well if we're gonna win by nefarious means with Ricky Starks, um I think Eddie Kingston will be a good clean win for MJF for his next match. Yes, I agree. I think that would be fantastic. Hopefully somebody's listening. Make that happen, man. I'd love to see that. That's a great main event for a revolution. Yeah. Now we start the show and we're starting off hot. Jungle Boy Jack Perry. And Luchasaurus with Christian Cage in a steel cage match opened AEW full gear. This was an absolute war. This was the best one-on-one steel cage in all of 2022, in my honest opinion. And I loved everything about this. I love the fact that Luchasaurus dominated most of this match. I love the come-from-behind underdog getting his ass beat, bleeding, from his fucking forehead all over his face, Jungle Boy Jack Perry. What an unbelievable effort to come back and win this match. And we even got a little Christian Cage getting involved in this thing because the steel cages in pro wrestling, they never keep everybody on the outside. There's always some shenanigans going on. But Jesse, this was not only, in my honest opinion, the best steel cage match one-on-one all year, but this was not only the biggest win of Jungle Boy's career, it's a win. That's going to catapult him to the next level. And, man, what a fucking performance by Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. This was one hell of an open. It was fantastic. Um, I don't know. There's, there's, there's not much more to say about Jungle Boy because he is the modern-day version for AEW of a uh, Daniel Bryan. Yeah. Um, he really is. He He's undersized. And he has he has the he has the the fight and he has the the backing of the crowd. Um, he is everything you would want in a small underdog. And now that he has moved on, hopefully moved on from Luchasaurus and Christian Cage for right now. Um, you know who I see in Jungle Boy's future? Samoa Joe. I could see that. Samoa Joe, big guy, small guy. Um, Gonna, he's gonna bump. He's gonna bump like holy hell for Joe. Gonna put up a good fight and everything else. And um, he's eventually gonna lose it. But still, that'd be a fantastic feud for uh, for um, to start off with Jungle Boy. I like that. Uh, I, I'm even thinking ahead. Yeah, I know it may be too early. I, I know for a fact it's too early. But uh, and they have history with each other. Jungle Boy is also the perfect opponent for an MJF to really uh, have him uh, uh, for the world championship and, and really play that Daniel Bryan or Brian Danielson-like role that he played in WWE. Uh, they are just destined to wrestle for the world championship. I mean, it's been said countless times before when MJF and, and Jungle Boy were the pillars of this company at the start, uh, and now you see where they are. They're a thousand times better than what they were. 
I could see that in his future. It may be too soon. I would like it for Jungle Boy to go through the, the motions, bro. Like you said, start off with Very a TNT. Soon. Start off with a TNT title. It's the, to me, it's their version of the IC title. Start off with that, and then when you win that and you have a nice reign. I don't know if anybody's gonna have a nice reign with that fucking thing. It seems cursed. But you have a nice reign with that, and then you have uh, you know some wins under your belt with that championship. Then you get elevated to the main event. That's the way it should be. Uh, and I, I would really like to see the steps taken for Jungle Boy in, in, in that respect. Um, Jungle Boy is at the podium right now. Yeah. He looks like he just got his ass kicked. Good. And and he's 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 eating pancakes. He's eating pancakes. Where did he I get mean, the pancakes? We need to know where he got the pancakes from. Did he get I, them from I, Oh, I know where those pancakes are from, bro. Those are Mindy's pancakes. Mindy's makes pancakes? Nah, I don't know. Oh. I don't but know. I, I mean, his face looks way more fucked up than I remember it looking after his match, to be honest. And now he's at the podium at the scrum eating casually. Good. This is weird. This is there is a Waffle really House weird. in New Jersey, in Newark, New Jersey? I don't know. This is really fucking weird. <laughs> I've been to the IHOP at uh, the wee hours of the morning after a nice drinking binge. Uh, not fun. Not fun. There's uh, a couple of strange people around at that time in, in IHOP, but. Uh, Good for Jungle Boy, man. He seems like he's having a good time there. Uh, this was an excellent match. Uh, I'd love to see him go through those steps. Maybe TNT title. I think he would be a perfect opponent for Samoa Joe. But, man, this match was great. So, Luchasaurus got in the face of Bryce Remsburg early on in this thing. And remember when I said that Christian Cage got involved? Well, Christian Cage was on the outside. There was two referees, one on the inside, one on the outside. And he picked the referee's pocket on the outside, tried to take the key. He took the key. He thought he was going to get away. He tried to unlock the door, which he did. The referee caught him, kicked him out. Security came and took him away. And the door was now open. So Jungle Boy was being beaten. And I mean beaten early on. Pillow to post, fucking cage to cage here by Luchasaurus. Uh, Jungle Boy countered a choke slam into an armbar. And then he got a huge choke slam by Luchasaurus. Uh, and then they spilled to the outside. So they're on the outside. The door is open. Perry nailed a dive from the ring to the floor. Luchasaurus blocked another dive and threw Jungle Boy into the cage, lawn darted him. Luchasaurus threw a table and two chairs and Jungle Boy into the ring. So now we got uh, items. We got some Home Depot items in the ring. Luchasaurus threw all these items in the ring. Obviously, he had bad intentions. Luchasaurus took too long, and Jungle Boy hit a series of drop kicks here. He kicked Luchasaurus into the cage. Jungle Boy was then backdropped on the apron. As Luchasaurus tried to chokeslam through a chair, uh, we got Jungle Boy countering into a step-up destroyer off the chair, which looked fucking great. He then hit Luchasaurus with a kill switch on the chair for a close two count. I do want to make mention, there is no climbing over the top and both feet hitting the floor in this thing, which kind of worried me, Jess. I don't know if you were thinking the same thing. Pin or submission here only in the steel cage match. Did that worry you at all that it was just pin or submission? It didn't worry me, and I got to I gotta tell you something. I got to admit, climbing the cage or escaping through the door to get out, to me, it just really fucks with my psyche as far as the, 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 the spots in the match because at any given point, you execute a halfway decent move. What's to stop you from running for the door and running out? Yeah. You can go... Throw them into the cage head first. They're going to fall and hold their face for five seconds. It'll take me three seconds to run to that door and get out of it. So, like, it 
it makes more sense. That's why I was I was a bigger fan of the hell in the cells and things like that, where you gotta you gotta get to your conclusion the same way as a regular match, just in the confines of the cage. Because escaping the cage, it, it just it's created so many loopholes for me to just just to not look into. So I, I was happy about the the way that they booked this one. Yeah, I, I I could see where you're coming from with that. It does create a little a uh, little bit of a larger gap there, a little bit of uh, a suspension yeah. of uh, of belief. You know, I, I don't really like it per se, but uh, in this case, I know we made a big deal about uh, Luchasaurus not being pinned. So uh, I, that, that's the reason why I brought it up. You know, Luchasaurus needs to yeah. remain looking strong. He did look strong in this match. I have no problem with the outcome. Some people have a problem with the outcome, but I did not. But um, yeah, no, they did no. it. They, they, they uh, did Luchas- it right. Tonight. Luchasaurus won the first encounter between yeah. them. Yeah. So it's fine. So, Jack Perry went for another move, launching himself off the chair, but this time Luchasaurus blocked it into a chokeslam through the chair. Now he's in the corner. Jungle Boy uh, fought free and hit an avalanche sliced bread, and they're both laying in the middle of the ring, and they probably took a page out of the Undertaker and Brock Lesnar uh, match way back when at SummerSlam. They both sat up, and they start looking at each other and start talking shit to each other. I've seen some people say, that they took a page out of the original Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, Hell in a Cell, which I could also see as well. But they sat up. Luchasaurus sat up like The Undertaker, and Jungle Boy sat up like Kane. They both looked at each other, and they had a slugfest in the middle of the ring. Uh, Jungle Boy refused to stay down. He was a great baby face in this thing. He dropped Luchasaurus with a big pile driver for a near fall, powered him up, stalling pile driver, one, two, kick out. Then he got a sleeper. Luchasaurus counted the sleeper into multiple tombstones. So you definitely know that they took a page out of an Undertaker uh, steel cage or Hell in a Cell match for this one. So he got the tombstones, multiple tombstones, and and Jungle Boy kicked out. Luchasaurus tried for a uh, move through the table, a chokeslam through the table, but Perry got a sleeper, uh, sat Luchasaurus on the table, and swung a chair at his face because the chairs were in the ring as well. All of a sudden, we see Jungle Boy Jesse climb the cage he blows a kiss up into the sky, which I'm assuming was for his late father, and he drops a huge elbow drop through Luchasaurus and through the table. He then goes for the snare trap. It was applied, and Luchasaurus tapped out to Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Now, I love the ending of this match. I have no problem with Luchasaurus being submitted. I think it still makes him look strong. Jack Perry had a fantastic babyface comeback win. Man, I was fucking scared that he didn't make all of that jump off the top of the cage, man. I, I I was thinking he didn't get all the distance, but Jesus Christ, he just made it barely, and it looked fucking fantastic. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
It did, man. It 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 felt like it was his moment. Yeah. You know, his Daniel Bryan on top of the cage from the Wyatt family. Oh my God. Type moment. It was his moment, man. Full gear, pay per view, finally defeating the the fucking the, the fucking evil fucking heel turning Luchasaurus and everything else. I it was it was his moment, man. They they killed the match. Um, you can tell they have great chemistry together. I mean, as brutal as it was, it still looked really fucking safe. So, um, I highly enjoyed this match, man. Yeah, it uh, it was the perfect pace. It, it went through the motions. Luchasaurus was beating down on Jungle Boy, using that fucking slow, methodical big man pace, throwing him around, using his weight. You know, launching uh, Jungle Boy into the cage, making him bleed like two minutes in, and then they started to pick up the pace. And Jungle Boy started to come back with all those big moves, couldn't put the big man away, and then. It took that big move off the top, and that was the opening for him to get the snatch wrap on. I love this match. I thought this was one of the best opens that AEW has ever put on on pay-per-view. This is a win that's going to catapult Jack Perry to the next level. These are monumental wins. You know, the way that it came off, the way that it was presented, it needs to take him to the next level, and I hope Tony Khan sees that. And uh, shout-out to both Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus. They fucking killed it tonight. I loved everything about this. Yeah. Death Triangle. We go right into the trios, man. They were giving us the elite right at the fucking top of the show for, within the first hour. We got Death Triangle, Pac, Penta, and Ray Phoenix against the elite. Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson. Don Callis is back. He was on commentary. And we got the Young Bucks and Kenny Omega, bro, coming out to Kansas. Carry on, wayward son. And my God, man, I don't know how much Tony Khan paid for that. Uh, yes, I see it. I'll get to it. Uh, I don't know how much Tony Khan paid for the rights to that song, but that oh, was God, that I was know, a right? bone chilling. Uh, I love music like that as an intro or entrance. Hey. They they fucking killed it. So they came out to Kansas, not carrying on my wayward son, and it was awesome. And we got a one hundred dollar bomb by. We got to give him a round of applause, the man, because he is a VIP here. Steven Vandelli with a $100 super chat. He says, I remember saying it either here or possibly in a tweet, but mark my words, Jungle Boy Jack Perry will be that number one babyface and MJ for Jack Perry will be our generation Steamboat versus Flair also. Chat, the PS5 thing is legit, so get on over to Chi-Town Smarks YouTube page. He says, look at that. Thank you, Vandelli. Thank you, brother. Hopefully you enjoyed the show like we did tonight. And thank you for your unbelievable generosity, brother. Thank you so much. So we got the elite coming out to Kansas, carry on my wayward son. And that set the tone for the match. This was absolutely fucking incredible. You you knew it was going to be. I loved everything about this too. This may have been the best one-two combination that AEW started off a pay-per-view with. Everything about this was great. Uh, we got Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks. They looked refreshed. They looked ready to go. They looked they looked great tonight. Mm-hmm. All three of them did. Pack looked great. Penta looked great. Phoenix looked great. We had a, a tremendous match for the trio championships. We're going to get into the ending immediately, Jesse. I'm going to break this thing down. I want to talk about the ending because uh, I know a lot of people are like, oh, my God, I didn't expect this. We didn't expect this either because we talked about this on Wednesday's post show. The Elite loses. They lost this match. Death Triangle retained the trios championships. And it was because Pac wanted to cheat. Right? Phoenix said, no, I'm not cheating. Threw the hammer away. That bell hammer came into play. And then when he was in a dire situation, bro, because nobody 
in wrestling kicks out of the one-winged angel. He said, all right, I'm going to do it. He got out of the one-winged angel, did Ray Phoenix. He used the bell hammer. He took uh, Pac's advice. He nailed Omega in the head with it while he was in the one-winged angel. He was moments away from losing, and then he pins Kenny Omega, one, two, three, in the death triangle, retained the trio championships. Shocked is an understatement, bro. We both had the elite winning this, and we said, Jesus Christ, I thought Death Triangle was going to be transitional champions. This is a bad decision. We we talked about it, bro. You specifically brought it up. We both feel Kenny Omega is better as a singles instead of in a trio. But my God, man, Tony Khan made a very shocking decision here. Death Triangle retains the titles. Yeah, I mean, and it, it was shocking. I was completely on board with it and, and happy. Yes. And then we found out why Death Triangle won. We did find out why Death Triangle won because Tony Khan, later in the evening, has announced a best-of-seven series, with this match being the first, a best-of-seven series. So Death Triangle's up 1-0 for the Trios Championship. So I don't know know what this entails, bro. Is the Trios Championships on the line in every match? Did we get any information on that, or is it whoever wins the series is the trio champions? That's what. That's the part that made no sense. So tonight, the titles were on the line, but now, are the next six matches the titles not on the line, and it's just the best of seven wins? Somebody in the scrum, you got to ask these important questions, bro. There's no reason why I got to be here and not there and bring up these fucking questions. And and match seven is in Los Angeles, bruh. Yes, bruh. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> can you make it any more predictable, DK? I mean, really? I mean, Jesus Christ, dude. At the forum, they're going to win Will the they... fucking titles back in LA, man. Okay. We don't know who's going to win this one, guys. Let's, <laughs> let's watch it and see and hope and pray that the elite can pull this one off. I mean, I don't mind it, bro. You know, the, the announcement of the of the best of seven, I actually like that type of shit. You know, I love tournaments. Tony Khan may have done a little too many tournaments this year. But I love tournaments. I love best of seven series, man. We haven't seen a good best of seven series since uh, Sheamus and Cesaro back in WWE. Or or since Bruce was booking Monday Night Raw on a frequent basis. Yes, or or that. But that was unintentional best of seven series because they had fucking Alzheimer's over on Monday night with him fucking writing the show with Vince McMahon. I don't mind a good best of seven. I don't know what the the crowd thinks. I don't know what the chat thinks, but um, I like it. I don't want to see any any match seven fucking times. But if there's, I'm going to be honest here, man. Listen, I get where you're coming from, but if there are six guys, bro, that are going to change shit up, it's going to be these guys. I don't think you're going to use. I don't. I don't think you're going to see the same six matches. Who, who even says it's going to go seven matches? <laughs> he may not make Los Angeles, man. It's too predictable. You know, Tony Khan gave us a shock win here. We all thought the Elite were going to win in their return. And look, he gave us the Death Triangle. Who's to say he's not doing the same thing with LA, man? LA may be a red herring. Now, okay. I don't know. <laughs> Come on, man. You got to have some optimism here. No. Look, I have no problem with the elite being the trio's champions. Clearly, clearly that is the dream for TK or whoever is booking them. I mean, they minted those titles for them, and they can't wait to get it back on them. They even set a date of when it's going to happen. All right, a date and a location of when it All will right, let happen. me let me ask you let me ask you this question now looking looking at it going forward. Would you rather them win the titles in a best of 7 series weeks from now in January in LA or would you rather have had them won the championships tonight and make 
Death Triangle basically interim champions without actually calling them interim or transitional champions tonight? Which would you rather I, have? I'd say what I'd rather have had. So Death Triangle wins tonight. Awesome. And if the ultimate goal is for the Bucks to win in six weeks in L.A., I would rather just see six weeks of build and have that match built up to be the main event for that L.A. show to be a special uh, dynamite episode where we finally get that rematch and then the Bucks win. I can't listen. I can't I can't argue with that because that's probably what I would have done. Give me a Kenny Omega versus Penta match. Give me a Kenny Omega versus Ray Phoenix or a Kenny Omega versus Pac. Or I, yeah. I, how many? How, listen, man, if you're going to get Lucha Brothers versus the Young Bucks on a, on a fucking dime, who's, who's going to complain, man? Really? Yeah. Who's going to yeah, complain? I, I, or, or, I pa- or Pac and Ray Phoenix. It doesn't have to be the Lucha Brothers. It could be a mixture of them. Or you could get Omega and Matt Jackson. It, just mix it up. You know, get everybody involved. I, I, would, I would go that route. I absolutely agree with you. Well, we're going to be seeing that match every week for the next six goddamn weeks. Yes. And I'm telling you, I'm going to get tired of it. I, I am going to get the same match for six straight weeks. I pl- I'm going to get tired of it. I don't so, know about everybody else, but I would, I would rather just, I would rather see some storylines, some promo work, some run-ins, some singles matches, just the, the traditional route. And you're going to put the titles on them in L.A.? Fine. It'd be a built-up moment in their hometown. All right. I'm, I'm no problem with that. But Jesus Christ, man, seven matches in the next seven weeks? That's... So you, what you're saying, without actually saying, is that Tony Khan is way in over his head. He's, it's, it's, it just feels kind of lazy because it's just easy to just book six matches. But how about booking a build? Listen, I completely agree with you. That's probably what I would go with, but you got to appreciate his effort to try and give us something different. I don't think we've seen a best of seven series yet. No, we, we have not. We're going to see it now. Yeah, now we're going to see it now. I don't want to be tired of seeing Death Triangle against the Elite. I mean, I love all six of these guys. You know, I know the crowd said fight forever, but, but Jesus, don't fucking take it literally, man. Yeah. Like, like, like all these matches, I mean, they're so difficult to fucking do play-by-play on. I mean, this is a uh, podcaster's worst nightmare when you got to write fucking notes like uh, like we all do during these shows to come on here and talk about it in front of you guys. I mean, I, I, at some point in the match, you just fucking stop. It's like my fingers can't move that fast. So we're going to pick it up from the end here. Uh, we're not going to do the match justice. It was fucking great, as you guys would expect. Uh, everybody was into this. Crowd loved it. There was a chant of fuck CM Punk. From New Jersey, so uh, if that goes uh, to show you guys what the AW faithful thinks of CM Punk, uh, he may not be back at all. And also, by the way, side note, the AEW Fight Forever video game looks fucking fantastic. I can't wait to get my hands on it. It's going to be a regular on this channel. Uh, and CM Punk, Jesse, is not on the cover of the video game. It is now Kenny Omega. A smart move. It is a smart move. Smart move. Now How many people he- are thinking this is now still a work? Oh, I'm, I'm, it's, they're out there. <laughs> um, so I wonder if he's removed from the game entirely or just removed from the cover. Well, I, well, I know he's not removed from the game entirely as of now, but I wonder come the release, will he be removed from the game entirely? Will he be a DLC character? Maybe. I don't, I don't know. I mean, uh, that may be part of his buyout. Who knows? I still want to be included in the video game. Fine. I'm off the cover, but make me a paid DLC, you know, yeah, and, and give I mean, me my royalties. That- that, that that's that's a lot of money to miss out on in the sales of that game, man. I know. So uh, yeah, that's gonna happen. But the game looks fantastic. Um, picking up at the end here, Phoenix hit a beautiful splash off of Penta's shoulders out of the corner. Hit a diving destroyer while Pack hit a black arrow 
into a brutalizer on Kenny Omega. Bucks made the save. They were about to lose the match there. Lucha Brothers wiped the Bucks out on the outside. Phoenix hit a spin corner kick and uh, spinning arm drag with a double stomp on Omega's ribs, which looked brutal. Pac tossed the ring hammer to Ray Phoenix. This was the big turning point of the match. Pac has been obsessed with this ring hammer. Hands it to Ray Phoenix, who refused to use it again. I thought we were about to get the split with what Jesse and I talked about, the split of Death Triangle here, giving the titles to the Elite, and he refused to use it. Omega laid him out with a V-trigger. Omega then hit a Tiger Driver 98, but Phoenix kicked out, uh, and we got Fight Forever chance uh, towards the end of this thing. Sling Blades, everybody got Sling Blades by Penta. He ran uh, into three super kicks from the Elite. Nick hit Phoenix with a Poison Rana. He was laid out by a BTE trigger. Pac broke it up. Pac went for the hammer shot on Omega, but he ate a super kick to the face. Nick wiped out Pac with another dive. Matt hit a moonsault off the top. Omega hit Phoenix with another V-trigger. Pac once again slid the hammer to Ray Phoenix. As Omega raised him up for the one-winged angel, Phoenix had absolutely no choice but to use the hammer here to escape uh, losing this match. And he did it. He hit Omega in the head while he was in the one-winged angel, rolled Omega up for the win. Phoenix was visibly upset with himself while Pac was seen smiling and proud that his brother used nefarious actions to retain the trio's championships. I absolutely love this. This was awesome. This was the right decision. The Elite winning this match was way too predictable, and it would have been incredibly unfair to the Death Triangle because they are fucking... Absolute studs. They they are carrying these championships. It is their division. To have them give the titles back because you want to bring the elite back for this specific show is not fair. So I'm glad that Tony Khan and the elite made a rational decision to say, you know what? They deserve a run. Let's give them yeah. a run. Now we're getting a best of seven series out of it. You either like it or you don't. Jesse doesn't like it. I don't mind it. I would actually do what Jesse had recommended, but I'm going to enjoy it anyway because, I mean, the matches are probably going to be fucking fantastic. But yes, this was the right decision, and the Death Triangle should have absolutely been the winners of this match. And by the way, no House of Black. They were there, reportedly, backstage, but no House of Black. I figured we'd get something uh, of a tease here, maybe, but uh, no House of Black on this entire show. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I would rather see House of Black going against the Death Triangle. I would rather see Kenny Omega in the main event scene. I would rather see the Bucks going after the Acclaim. But what do I know? I'm just a fan, bro. Yeah, I, I mean, we, we talked about it on Wednesday. We all feel, and I know we're not the only ones that feel that way. I've seen this opinion being floated around by, uh, by other notable uh, content creators in the community. Uh, I don't know if they got it from us or not, but we talked about it specifically on Wednesday, and then I guess people started to run with it. Kenny Omega yeah. should absolutely be a main event single. Because right yeah. now, and listen, it's not too early. Right now it's not too early, being that he won the fucking match tonight and is the new world champion. Who is there that is ready for a main event world championship match with MJF? They don't have any clear-cut baby faces on the roster outside of a John Moxley and a Brian Danielson, which is easy to do, a Claudio, which is yeah. easy to do. Who else is there? There's Darby, there's Jungle Boy, there's going to be Keith Lee. You know, these guys aren't there yet, but we're going to need opponents lined up for MJF. Because I'm expecting, now, I'm expecting Jesse MJF to have a fucking title reign similar to what Roman Reigns is doing right now on SmackDown. Yeah. Now, maybe throwing this one out there, maybe they're putting Kenny Omega in the back pocket and keeping these guys apart to have um, Kenny be his first true uh, opponent 
that could be um, a serious contender to take the title off of him. Yeah. So maybe this is their way of keeping them apart by tying Kenny up in the trios division and having MJF run roughshod for a while. Um, and then maybe when the elite are done carrying the trios titles and the Bucks go for the tag division, maybe Kenny comes for MJF. Yeah. So maybe that's the way of keeping them apart. I mean, if Kenny is a single, I mean, I guess, okay, so maybe I'm thinking about this a little bit differently now. If Kenny Omega is a singles competitor, how how long can you keep him away from the world title? I don't know. And uh, you don't want to rush to that feud. Guys in the chat, by the way, um, people are saying that there are plenty of faces. Yes, but that's not what we're saying. I mean, there, there's not yeah. faces that are ready to be world they're champion. Not, they're not faces to be ready. I, I could I just named them all. We named Ricky Starks before. I don't know if you guys were fucking paying attention or maybe you yeah. zoned out. Ricky Starks is going to win the tournament. He's going to be wrestling MJF at Winter is Coming. He's not going to win the world championship. Uh, I and mean, nobody's talk- winning the world championship. Darby Allen, sure. Jungle Boy, uh, Keith Lee. We we mentioned these guys. Wardlow is you're not Wardlow is not even in the yeah. discussion right now. No. Why yeah, are you mentioning Wardlow? His own damn title. I mean, give me a break. Wardlow is the guy to take the belt off of MJF, but that's not happening for a couple of years. Yeah, we're talking about credible, credible contenders. Um, people you can put in a match with MJF to say, shit, MJF could lose this one. Yes. You're not going to say that with Eddie Kingston or, you know, Ricky Starks or anything like that. Kenny Omega, that's a different story. Yeah. So maybe you don't rush to that match right away. And if Kenny is a singles guy, how long can you keep them apart? Because otherwise, what is Kenny Omega doing? I don't know. So, I mean, yeah. I mean, it might. It, maybe it is the best idea to keep him in the trios division for a little bit. Pineapple Pete. Is he still around? Um, nah, they get rid of Pineapple Pete. <laughs> <laughs> you, sound very, you sound very depressed over that. Pineapple Pete has been deleted, folks. He was a main eventer, man. The main eventer. Captain Sean Dean, maybe. Miro. Miro is not challenging MJF for the world title. I'm sorry. Miro can't get on TV. Miro and Samoa Joe. Book it. Oh, that'd be great. Book it. But again, we need Miro on TV. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know what's going on there, but uh we need we need Joe on TV more. Yes. And now he has two goddamn titles. I don't understand this decision at all. Well, maybe he drops the Ring of Honor TV title at Final Battle. Against two, I don't know. Hobbs? I, I hope Hobbs doesn't get rounded up in the ROH crap, man. He's going to get Ring of Honored? No, we yeah, don't want I that. We don't want that, man. Anyway, uh, this trios match was excellent. Um, lots of stuff going on here. Obviously, discussion to be had with Kenny Omega. Does he belong in the trios? Does he belong in the singles? You know, Jesse may be right here. Maybe they're saving it and keeping them away because that match is obviously going to be in the pipeline at some point. And uh, if it is, I'm very much looking forward to it. I think that would be great. Jade Cargill. She came out with Kira Hogan and Layla Gray, the baddies. She went up against Nyla Rose, who stole the TBS championship. And this was not good, bro. Mm. Number one, they uh, the best thing I could say about this match, ladies and gentlemen, this, this is me being honest. This was a bathroom break. That not only did well, they get the death spot following these two matches to open the show, uh, and everybody clearly left the fucking arena to go to the concessions, but uh, it may have been a two-for-one, man. I don't know. Maybe they were giving away fucking popcorn and, uh, and hot dogs over in concessions, man. Everybody rushed well, the fuck out of there. 
It was a Jade Cargill match. So did you go to the bathroom in your mother's basement or did you go to the bathroom upstairs? Well, what I did actually was, uh, number one, I found one of them spider crickets in my fucking office bathroom. I had to go kill it and then flush it down the fucking toilet. I cleaned oh. my cat's litter box, which is in the same bathroom in my office bathroom. Then I went to go make myself a coffee. And then by the time I got back to the living room, the match was over. Sounds about right. The entrances. I had a blast, bro. I, I don't know what you guys were watching. I had a fucking great time, man. So what did I text you? So the, the entrances... They paid the guy with the low rider, Jade's Chitara gear, all that shit for this, you know, four or five minute match that went nowhere. Listen, I watched the match, okay? I'm joking around. You want my honest criticism of the match? Number one, I'm going to start off with a positive. I'm going to start off with a positive. I thought Jay Cargill looked great tonight, uh, appearance wise, aesthetically. She looked great. Whatever cosplay she was, bro, who was she? Uh, um, no, not Power Chitara. Rangers. Well, Thundercats, right? Yeah, yeah, she looked she looked great. I thought she looked great. She looked weird. Nyla Rose came out. Vicky Guerrero in the low rider, bro. They paid homage to Eddie Guerrero, right? That love, was great. Love it. Other than that, match sucked. It was shit. Match was clunky. They looked unnatural. It went four minutes. This was a waste of time. And the entire storyline sucked from day one. Jade Cargill hit a nice beast bomb on Nyla Rose. She hit a beautiful jaded on Nyla Rose. That's about it. That's about it. Crowd could not give any fucks about this at all. No. This should have been on Dark. This should have been on the pre-show, and Eddie Kingston and Akiyama should have been on the fucking main show. Unfortunately, yeah. They, 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 could, they honestly just could have just shoved this match on the buy-in and just had less commentary. Yes. I mean, this could have fit, right? It was like a four or five minute match. It could have fit right there in the buy-in. So, Jaded for the win, and uh, Jade Cargill is now 41 and 1. Where did she take the loss? Uh, she took the loss from me because of what she did. There you go. I'm going to get it on a t shirt somewhere. And Jesse's going to be the first buyer. Yeah, because you're in your mother's basement, man. Can't do a pull up. I'm in my mother's basement. I uh, am poor, you know. Same thing. It's all the same thing. This match sucked. Jade Cargill wins. Uh, I will say this in closing. Jade Cargill needs to lose that championship. She ain't doing anything for that championship at all, bro. We need to get it on somebody a little bit more normal. You know what? I'm I'm vouching for Athena to win the TBS title. No, uh, I'm, I'm I want to find out. I want I'm wondering how much longer um Stat is projected to be out for. Um, if it's a very long time, then yes, fine, go with Athena. But if it's not too much longer, I'm going to hold out for Chris Statlander. Yeah. Uh, that, 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 I think that was her title. I think that was her spot. And I think that injury came right in the midst of that. So if she's due to come back somewhat soon, and by, by somewhat soon, I would say before Valentine's Day, before some around February, if she can come back before around then, I will hold out and give it to Statlander. If it's if it's much more serious than that, then yeah, we got to move on. Jamie Hader would have been my my choice to take it off of Jay Cargill, but she had other plans tonight. So yeah, I would go with Athena. She's doing uh, some pretty good stuff with her new heel work. I could see Tony Khan going to fifty and zero. Fifty is a nice round number, and at that point, she gets fifty and zero, and then on the next match, she loses it. Yeah, whoever those uh, next eight are going to be, I don't know. She hasn't really beaten anybody of note, really. So. Uh... It is what it is. She retains the title against Nyla Rose. Fatal 4-Way. This was one of my favorite matches of the entire evening. 
This was excellent. Chris Jericho, Claudio Castagnoli, Brian Danielson, and Sammy Guevara for the Ring of Honor World Championship. I've said this for weeks. Jesse doesn't agree, but that doesn't mean he doesn't like Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho is fucking great A television. He doesn't like the Ring of Honor shit. Neither do I. I think Ring of Honor's been uh, dampening the overall AEW feel. It needs to get the fuck out. I don't like yeah. it. We don't like it. Get it out and get them their own fucking programming, and let's get AEW on Wednesdays only. But, yeah, that, that title, that storyline, everything ROH involved is just ejected. The match with the four names we got here, if you told me about this match on paper with these four names, I think what we got was basically as fucking advertised. Like, yeah. I, wouldn't, I couldn't have gotten a better match out of these four fucking guys, Claudio, Sammy, Brian, Jericho, the match went exactly the way I would expect from these four fucking ring generals, dude. So perfect, fantastic, fatal four-way. Just the, the ROH shit. No one cares about it, man. I'm sorry. It just no. no one cares about anything ROH as of right now. And listen, we don't mean that in any disparaging way. Chris Jericho is working his fucking ass off. He is he's doing what he can with this. And he's done a great job with the Ring of Honor Championship. I, I love everything he's doing, desecrating the title, disrespecting all of the history of the Ring of Honor Championship, cheating to win to retain. Jericho is great. He's had such a career year in AEW, it is hard to overlook the fucking work that he's done. And like Jesse said, you put these four guys in a match, and if you look at this on paper without the Ring of Honor Championship, you're going to get what you got tonight, minus Ring of Honor uh, and the Ring of Honor Championship. Implications, yeah. Yeah, but... Looking at this now, thinking of the overall vibe of the show, this was probably my favorite match of the entire night. This one I thought was the best match of the entire night, outside the steel cage match and then the women's match. But so good. Jericho retains. He beats Claudio. He beats Brian Danielson. He beats Sammy Guevara. Excellent four-way. Crowd was on their feet for the last six or seven minutes of this thing. Excellent stuff down the stretch. Near falls that were fucking unbelievable, two in specific from Brian and Sammy. And then an ending that Jericho just fucking looked like a genius on. I love the ending. Everybody was stable mates here. We got JAS and Blackpool Combat Club. They're really uh, kind of teasing dissension between both groups. Jericho and Claudio were on the outside. They started the match while Danielson and Guevara were in the ring, and Guevara was sent to the outside. Danielson went right through the ropes with a dive. Jericho rammed Danielson into the steel steps. They back. They go back into the ring, and... Danielson is chopping away at Jericho and uppercutting Jericho. So now we got a Blackpool Combat Club uh, two-on-one here. Guevara made the save. Castagnoli and Danielson hit charging corner attacks, shook hands, and then started going at each other. So there was no friends in this thing. Everybody was uh, every man for himself here. Rolling armbar by Danielson, but Castagnoli powered into a series of near falls. Jericho fought off both guys. And they were planted with a double flapjack into a double single-leg crab. Guevara put a stop to that with a double cutter. He tried to steal the pin. And then Jericho and Guevara posed for the crowd. And then they took care of Castagnoli and uh, started working on Brian and Danielson. Jericho and Guevara, they took turns going at Danielson. Chops. And then Danielson dished out some kicks. He started to make a comeback. Guevara landed on his feet after a Super Hurricanrana by Danielson, hit a standing Spanish fly. Jericho then landed a lion salt off the ropes, and he landed on both Guevara and, uh, and Brian Danielson. So two for one are there for Jericho. 
Castagnoli then tries to get in there, springing uppercut. Jericho countered him into a code breaker. Guevara broke up the pin attempt, and Jericho was shocked. So both men shoved one another. We've seen a little bit of a, a strike exchange here between Guevara and Jericho, and that ended up with Guevara getting a code breaker. So that was that. So Guevara, he tries to go for a walls of Jericho, but Jericho countered into one of his own, and Danielson comes in, he breaks it up with a drop kick. He locked on the walls of Jericho. Jericho no-sold Castagnoli, who was booting him in the face. He was hulking up here. So he dropped Jericho with a suplex and got on a, a sharpshooter. Jesse, what you told me via text, I agree with you. Who's got a better-looking sharpshooter right now than Claudio Castagnoli? I don't think nobody, man. He looks it looks fucking just, great. It just, doing it just looks like fucking Bret Hart re you know reinvented yeah. into fucking Claudio. It just looks so fucking crisp and fucking perfect, man. He's Everything got, about it. He's got a perfect form. He locked it in. Jericho tried to pin Danielson while in the hole, but Danielson, this was great. He was in the sharpshooter. He seen Danielson laying on his back, and he tried to crawl over to Danielson while in the sharpshooter and pin Danielson while in the move, man. It was fucking great. Uh, Danielson seen this coming. He twisted into a label lock, so now he's in the sharpshooter and the label lock at the same time. Guevara broke it up with some super kicks, and instead of going after Claudio or Danielson, Guevara opted to help Jericho up, and he dropped him with a GTH into a shooting star press. For a close two count. I thought Sammy might have won the fucking match there, man. That was one of the best near falls of the entire night. So then we got Anvil elbows from Guevara on Brian. He was no selling this shit. He was getting pissed off. And then he slapped Guevara right in the mouth. Claudio pressed Guevara over his head and launched him over the top rope onto Jericho to the outside. Claudio then turns around and ate a Busaiko knee from Danielson. I thought that was it. I thought yeah, Brian Danielson... Him. I thought Brian Danielson was the new Ring of Honor champion. Claudio kicked out. Everybody was on their fucking feet. This was awesome. Claudio and Danielson then uh, took turns with some anvil elbows. He tried to pop up uppercut to Claudio. Danielson got a backslide off of for a two. Guevara hit a springboard cutter on Claudio and a Spanish fly off the ropes on Danielson, who quickly then locked into a label lock. Jericho broke it up, and everybody spilled to the outside. Danielson was planted with a neutralizer on the outside. He was taken out. Guevara hit a shooting star press to the outside. He tried for a springboard back in the ring, but Claudio hit a big pop-up uppercut for a close two count. So now we got a giant swing on Sammy. And Jericho, this was fucking great. He's swinging around, swinging around, swinging around Guevara. Jericho, right at the right time, he timed it so perfectly, he jumped into Claudio doing the spin and hit a fucking Judas effect. He then hit another one on Claudio, and he got the one, two, three. So he stopped the Cesaro swing or the Claudio swing with the Judas effect. He gets another one, and Jericho wins the match and retains the title. Fucking great. This may have been the best Fatal 4 right all year in any promotion, and it will go down as one of the best AEW matches in 2022. Yeah, it was very good, man. I mean, again, with the names involved in the match like this, I mean, it, they could not have delivered anything better than what we got tonight. No, I mean it was just pure it was pure perfection for the names involved and everything else, and they they fucking killed it. But that psycho knee came. I thought that was it. Yeah, me too. I, 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 I was so like that was like oh shit, Brian won really. Yeah. Nope. Nope. And Brian is 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 still yet to hold gold in AEW. Is that is that correct? Is that accurate? He's not held gold in AEW yet. I don't think that's by you know happenstance, man. I I think that's by Brian's call. I don't I, think I he, mean. Like, 
It was probably the same way. It was probably the same way in WWE too. I mean, you could have made a case for him winning the world championship from Roman Reigns or, or, or Edge when they had that triple threat match at WrestleMania, and yeah. nothing ever happened. Nothing ever materialized out of it. Everybody's like, "Oh, Brian's going to be in the main event. He's going to win the world title." No, nothing happened. No, I, he's he's made he's made his intentions very clear when he gets signed. He's I just want to wrestle. Yeah. Well, 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 Brian, what do you think about? You know, people saying you are going to be the needle mover and to help, you know, get the company over with these ratings. That's not my job. You got to talk to the boss for that. I'm just here to wrestle. Yeah. That's, 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 that's what he said. I'm I'm just here to fuck. I want to kick some fucking heads in. That's all That's all he had to say. And that's what he's been doing. He just fuck. He just wants to wrestle. Do you see? Now, Jericho, by the way, is defending the Ring of Honor Championship on Wednesday again. More Ring of Honor stuff against Tomohiro Ishii from New Japan Pro Wrestling. That should be a fun match. I, I, I mean, I don't mind it because it's Jericho, like I said, but, you know, they're just continuing with the Ring of Honor stuff on Dynamite. So, and, then, and, then, and then who do you think Jericho is going to be defending that title against at the final battle show, bro? Is it going to be one of these guys? Are we going to continue to see JAS versus Blackpool Combat Club? Or are you kind of seeing a split of the Blackpool Combat Club with what we saw here and then what we saw in the main event with Moxley and MJF? Well, I'm calling the Blackpool Combat Club over. I mean, with with Regal leaving and Yuda's on Twitter, you know, calling calling uh, Regal, uh, calling like a fucking traitor or some shit. He got, he got pissed at him, but I think the BCC is done, um, which is fine. I, I'm, I, 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 it feels like Mox is gonna finally get that vacation that he yes. was supposed to take. Um, Yuda's pissed. You know, uh, Regal's done. Brian's has been in limbo. I think the BCC is, for all intents and purposes, are pretty much done for right now. Um, so Tony Khan's on the scrum, right? Yep. And someone just asked him about the ROH product and AEW and everything like that. And he said that it is his intention that AEW fans will not need to necessarily follow the ROH stuff to keep up. Um, he also mentioned the pay-per-views. He said he, he doesn't think the AEW fans, um, he wants to get it so that they don't need to order the the, the ROH pay-per-views just to keep up with the continuity of it. And he also he said that he wants to keep the storylines completely separate. He just said this about five minutes ago. He wants to keep the AEW and Ring of Honor shit separate. Yes. That's his ultimate goal. That's what he said. Okay. As yeah. long as we have confirmation from him with that, I, I think we can uh, kind of ease off on it. I, I mean... Clearly, he's doing it to kind of get people familiarized with the brand because it has gone away for a little bit. Uh, and he's or he's doing it TV because deal. he's seen a negative response about it. Well, I mean, I would hope so. Because, <laughs> I, I mean, he has to know that the shows don't feel the same. No. I mean, he's booking talent from Ring of Honor. Meanwhile, he's got 60% of a locker room in AEW that he signed for AEW that are not being used. Yeah. So. Or misused. Or misused, Yes. Yep. So I, as long as he said that, that's fine. I'm I'm happy to hear that. I don't know who asked that, but uh, shout out to whoever asked that because I certainly would have asked if I was there. Yeah. Anyway, this was a great match. And uh, Jericho obviously going into final battle as the world champion. Who does he defend against? I, I don't know. It could be Brian. It could be Claudio again. It could be uh, somebody that we are not thinking of as far as a Ring of Honor alum. I, I don't know. I don't know what Tony Khan's got planned for Chris Jericho, but time will tell. Soraya. First time in five years, she is in the ring against Britt Baker, Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. This was a uh, women's match that was made as, I would say, a dream match for AEW standards. Now, I know a lot of people are probably going to be looking at this 
you know, under a huge microscope, and a lot of people are going to be dissecting Soraya's performance tonight, even Britt Baker's performance tonight. I was very hesitant on this. Jesse, what was your first impression of Soraya after after watching her get in there for the first five minutes of this match? What was your feeling surrounding this? Because I know mine was exactly how the crowd was, man. I felt like the crowd was on pins and needles waiting for something to happen because there was, I don't want to say an eerie silence, but there was a tone to the audience tonight that wasn't really overwhelming like we heard in the earlier matches on this show. I think people were legitimately scared of something going to happen uh, with her because of her neck injuries and her being away for so long. And I really feel like that put a damper on the match, not their performances, but I feel like people were on pins and needles for most of this thing. Yeah, I I could see that because I was kind of feeling the same thing about it. Um, After we get a couple of spots in, a couple of bumps in, um, and they went well, I did kind of feel a little bit, you know, a little bit more at ease about what was going on. Was was Soraya back to you know page form? No, no. I mean, ring rust is real, and especially when you have um, the injuries and all that stuff in her own head. I mean, yeah. you know, if we're worried about it, what do you think she is? You know, yeah. I mean. So it feels like as the match went on, she got a little bit more comfortable. Um, Britt Baker was hi, Brittany. Hi, Brett. <laughs> Britt Baker was very safe and very efficient and she was very good with Soraya tonight. Um I think that was important for especially for for Soraya's confidence. And um I think the match went off without a hitch. I think it went very smoothly. Um it could have gone much worse. Could it have been better? Sure, but I didn't expect it to be any better because like I said, ring rust is real, man. Let her get her let her get her feet wet, you know, but um I think Britt Baker did a fantastic a fantastic job at protecting her and making her look good. So um, yes. I was completely happy with this match. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I know a lot of people are going to be criticizing this. Uh, there's nothing to really criticize here. I, I thought, obviously, nervousness was going to be a huge factor in this thing. It, it's been five years. I can imagine the nerves of both ladies, never mind Soraya, the nerve of Britt Baker as well, to go in there and, you know, her job is to take care of Soraya the best that she can so that nothing terrible happens in her first match after five years after this terrible injury that she went through. And Soraya, we'll start off with her. I thought she looked very good for the first time in five years. Like you said, Jesse, was she the page of old? No. Was she lim- limber and fucking flying around in there without a care in the world? No. Obviously, you're not going to see that page ever again. It's going to be a little bit more slowed down pace with uh, with, with Soraya. But mm-hmm. as far as what she did, you know, she took some bumps. And it, it went off very nicely. Was there a bump in the early stages of this match where she laid down and the referee went to go check her? I'm like, oh, shit. But she got up and she popped back up and she almost seemed like she was playing possum. And then she gave a smile to Britt and the referee. Yeah. So she was playing along. But she looked good. And then, you know, kudos to Britt Baker as well. I know I know, uh, we've said things on the show in regards to Britt Baker, but, you know, we got to call it right down the middle. I thought Britt did fucking fantastic tonight. You know, imagine the nerves of her going in there trying to protect Soraya. She went in there and acted as professional as anybody could be. She was safe. She took care of her. She didn't uh, over overstress anything. She didn't try to do too much. And they delivered a decent match. This was not going to be the best women's match of the night. Not with Tony Storm and Jamie Hitter on the show. 
This was yeah. more of a statement about, hey, Soraya came back after five years. If Brian can come back, if fucking Adam Copeland can come back, why can't I come back? This was a statement match. It was, it was very emotional, and both ladies fucking knocked it out of the park tonight. That's it. You know, there will be ring rust, like you said, Jesse. We'll, we'll, hopefully that sheds time over time, uh, you know, appearance after appearance. And I do think that if she is wrestling, you know, six to ten times a year, I do think she's going to be a valuable asset to that division. Yes, yes, I, I, I agree. And I was a little bit weary of, of what, what kind of role she could play in this company, given, you know, everything involved. Um, after this match, if, if we're not going to have Paige in the ring every week, you know, and the times we get her, we get matches like this. I'm 100% on board with this. I think she yeah. can help improve that division and, you know, in a, in a fantastic way. Um, you know, we had some WWE tweets about Soraya. Really? Yes. Yes. We had, um, you know, they were very, you know, just, just, you know, just coded, you know, and the subliminal, but we had Rhea Ripley and Bailey posting about Soraya making her in-ring return. I thought that was kind of awesome. What did they say? Well, Bailey posted a picture of her and Paige in the ring in NXT. Mm -hmm. And Rhea Ripley um, just, I think she just posted like a, you know, just Soraya and a smiley face or a heart emoji or something like that. Very, very subtle. You know, I mean, it, it's better than what we would have gotten in the Vince era when they would have been fired for tweeting about it. But clearly... AEW or WWE talent were sitting around watching and live tweeting a AEW pay per view. So I thought that was kind of awesome. Yeah, well, it's good. Oh I yeah, mean, oh yeah, oh yeah. Um, Sasha did too. So yeah, this was a bit. This was a big moment. I mean, Soraya was uh, one of the leaders of the women's revolution in WWE. So you know, all those people that are there, Paige, Soraya, paved the way for that to happen. So uh, as you would expect, that's the type of reaction that you were going to get from them. But Soraya wins here. Obviously, this was the right outcome. You're not going to have her lose her first match in five years, no matter who she's in the ring with. Yeah. I know Britt Baker's everybody's uh, big star in the division, but, you know, the, the right thing needed to be done here, and, and Soraya needed to win this match. First bump, Soraya took referee out to go check on her. She took some time getting up. She smiled at Baker. It was merely just her playing possum. Soraya hit a thrust kick, sent Baker to the floor to regroup. Baker avoided a baseball slide, which I, I, I thought she was going to fucking do a dive through the ropes. I'm like, thank God it was a baseball slide. And dropped Soraya with a spinning neck breaker on the floor. Uh, it wasn't as impactful as you, you were expecting it to be, but it was as safe as it could be. But it yeah. still, it, it, it was a spinning neck breaker from the apron to the floor by Brett on Soraya. Baker applied a, uh, a move and got in the face of... Uh, Soraya's brother, who was sitting at ringside, uh, back inside, Baker then zoned in on Soraya's neck, hitting a neck breaker and sent Soraya back to the outside again. Baker was talking a lot of trash, and she was dropped face first on the apron. Soraya came back with a big cross body. Both ladies naturating forearms. Soraya hit a couple of clotheslines for two. Baker blocked a corner boot from Soraya, sent her face first into the buckle, and then Soraya hit the page turner, and Excalibur called it the nightcap for a near fall. So, obviously, uh, we can't call it the page turner because she's not page. So, now uh, he came up with a new move, a new name, I guess, the nightcap for a near fall. Baker nearly surprised Saray with a lockjaw. Saray got to the ropes. And then uh, air raid crash, believe it or not, from Britt, dropping Saraya. Britt goes for a cover, gets a two off the air raid crash. Baker hit a curb stomp. Uh, it wasn't as bad as it sounds. It was a very safe-looking curb stomp. Soraya uh, would not give up here. 
Baker went for an avalanche air rate crash, but Soraya countered into a sunset flip powerbomb, which looked kind of sloppy. It looked like there was some hesitation on that, a little nerves there played a factor into that. Looked a little sloppy there with the sunset powerbomb. Fisherman driver got Soraya too. Uh, so Britt kicks out of uh, one of Soraya's signature moves. Soraya then tried a full Nelson. Baker spun it into a lockjaw. They traded series of roll-ups here. Baker tried a ripcord clothesline. Soraya hit a big knee strike. Baker was able to hit the ripcord elbow. Spinning neck breaker. Another curb stomp. Soraya kicked out. Soraya hit another charging knee. Connected. Hit the fisherman driver not once but twice. And that was enough to get the victory for Soraya. At the end of the match, she went to go hug her brother. She walked up the aisle. She looked like she wanted to just ball out crying there, which I'm assuming she did as, she, as soon as she went through the curtain. Very emotional. I thought she looked great. And, uh, you know, congratulations to her. She did it. Five years being away, and uh, both ladies killed it. And I thought Brett did a very, very good job in there, acting as professional as, as, as you could be, you know. And that goes a long way. You know, Tony Khan trusts her already. A another moment like this comes. Who do you think, he who do you think he's going to go with, bro? Britt Baker. She... Uh, she sold herself tonight even more so. So, great. She did. I would love to see um, Soraya out there with a Mercedes Martinez or a Serena Deeb next. I was just about to ask. I, I mean, I don't know if this is going to continue. I don't see there any reason for it to continue. Where do both women go now? Now, obviously, Brett is doing whatever, hopefully, with uh, with Jamie Hayter. But where does oh, Soraya yeah. go now? Oh, yeah. So, I mean, they... At, at this point, I don't think it's important to pick um, and try to develop feuds for Soraya right now. I think for right now, it's about getting her reps in the ring with with um, some good opponents to, to get her confidence back and get her, her timing back and everything like that. So I want her in the ring with, with very experienced wrestlers. So that's why I'm saying Mercedes Martinez or Serena Deeb. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, no, I mean, more Serena Deeb on television, please. Please, know? please. Ring of Honor, TV champion Samoa Joe. He is in a triple threat match against Powerhouse Hobbs and Wardlow. This was for the TNT Championship. Three hosses, chaos, and Wardlow loses the TNT title. I was shocked. I was shocked from the elite not winning the trio's championships. I was shocked at this with Wardlow losing the TNT championship. We all thought, Jesse and I both thought that with Powerhouse Hobbs in this thing, it was going to be Powerhouse Hobbs taking a pinfall from Wardlow and Wardlow retaining the TNT title. Samoa Joe is now a double champion, Ring of Honor TV title and TNT title around his shoulder. Listen, we both love Samoa Joe. I have no problem with Joe being double champion anywhere. Yeah. But I mean, Jesse, after the outcome of this match, we'll get into what happened here. Wardlow losing the TNT title. I don't know how anybody listening to us, I don't know how Tony Khan, I don't know how Wardlow himself doesn't look at this and say, man, I had a disappointing fucking title run. I mean, this, 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 we love Wardlow. I mean, he's fucking incredible. He deserves a lot better, but Jesus fucking Christ, man, was this a botched title run for Wardlow for the TNT title? It was. And there's almost nowhere for Wardlow to go right now. You know, the natural progression would, would be for me to say, well, now he can go and, you know, revisit his feud with MJF on a different level now, right? That's not going to end well for Wardlow. No. So we can't do that, you know? And he just lost the mid-card title, so where he goes from here, I honestly have no idea whatsoever, man. None. 
Yeah, I want you guys. I want you guys to get that Wardlow MJF narrative out of your head. This is something that I mean. This is the finest of long-term booking. We we don't need this happening right now. MJF is about to pull a Roman Reigns in AEW. He's not losing that title until his contract is up in 2024. So get it out of your heads. It's not happening now. Where does he go from here, Jesse? After he loses this title, because from what I saw, it looks like Samoa Joe the way he won, which was legal in a triple threat match. It may lead to a Samoa Joe Wardlow match for the TNT title again, and it may serve as a possible reset for Wardlow taking the title off of somebody as credible as Samoa Joe. We that was, I'll be so pissed off of that. <laughs> why? Uh, yeah, and we'll we'll both be asking on the fucking day that it happens. Why did you take the title off of him why? to begin with? Why? And it sounds and it would definitely sound. It sounds like a Bruce Pritchard thing to do. Yeah, I'll be so fucking <laughs> mad. <laughs> A good solid title defense is is better than you know winning a title you know two times in a few weeks time. I mean, I'll be so pissed off if that happens. So I'm gonna assume that's not gonna happen. And that being said, where Wardlow goes from here, I don't know. Put him in a tag team somewhere. I don't know. Put him in a stable. Make him a part of a trios team. I don't know. But he's not going anywhere near a world title right now. If he does, he's buried because he's gonna lose his the title that he had and then lose a world title opportunity. So I don't know what they do with Warlow. I don't think they know what they want to do with Warlow right now. It sucks, man. It's so up in the air. There's two things that you could do with Warlow. One, obviously a rematch with Samoa Joe, which will then, uh, I, it's, it's difficult to say that because then it brings up the question of why did you take the title off of him tonight? If you're just going to put the title back on him and beat Joe somewhere down the line, um, you could put him in a trios championship, uh, title picture with uh, FTR. You know, I don't yes. know what FTR is going to be doing. Maybe they'll be losing those tag team championships come New Japan's Wrestle Kingdom. I don't know. Uh, I, I feel like they're going to be dropping those IWGP World uh, Tag Team Championships. So uh, they'll be uh, a little lighter in the gold department. They are still Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions. I don't know who they're going to be dropping those titles to. Uh, that's uh, coming up in about a month. We could see Wardlow and FTR bro, go after uh, the Elite. You know, for the trio championship somewhere in 2023, that would be a nice uh, a nice spot for them. And it would rekindle something with the Bucks and FTR, uh, not for the tag team titles, but for the trio championships. I could see something like that happening. And he would fit in there perfect with uh, with FTR. Yeah, yeah. That that would be definitely something to do and, and to keep him engaged. So I, I'd be okay with that one. Um, side note, uh, after full gear, it looks like... Uh, it looks like... Um, the Blackpool Combat Club came out to the ring to to say goodbye to Moxley. It looks like they kind of just saw him off, and everybody was chanting "Thank you, Moxley" and things like that. So it looks like he's definitely going to be going away for a little bit. Good, he's going on vacation. He just signed a five year contract. He's not going anywhere. Good, cool. he's he not will. going anywhere. Yeah, he'd be fine. Oh, but he's, awesome. he's going back to work for Triple H. Oh, Jesus Christ! No, he's not. He just signed a new extension with AEW. He's not going anywhere. He's going yeah. on a on a fucking holiday somewhere. He's gonna be on a Paradise Island with Renee and their yeah. daughter. If, if you see Renee missing all of a sudden, you definitely know yes. what happened, you know. Yes. But Samoa but yeah, Joe. Yeah, Yuta came out, um, Claudio came out, Brian came out, and they kind of just helped him up and you know, kind of gave him the spotlight in the crowd, just chanting them out. It it looks like he's gonna be going away for a little bit. Good. He he worked his fucking ass off, bro. Yes, he did. He carried this company on his back all year long. He's been through drama, drama, drama as world champion. Let him go on vacation. You want to take six weeks, bro? Go ahead. Two yeah. months, go ahead. It's fine. He needs it. He needs it. Samoa Joe wins the TNT Championship. 
Poor Wardlow. I don't know where they go. Uh, Wardlow oh. immediately went after Joe on the floor. He uh, posted him before Hobbs steamrolled the TNT champion down by the ringside area. Hobbs controlled both guys early on. Clubbing elbows, dropping Joe with a T-bone suplex. Wardlow then, uh, he rushed up the ropes and hit a twisting dive to wipe out both Joe and Hobbs to gain control. He got some fucking distance off that twisting splash off the top. Unbelievable. And he goes back up top and delivers a senton to Hobbs. Joe hit a running senton of his own. Wardlow uh, was taken care of. Joe raked the face of Hobbs, hit a big charging boot on Hobbs. Wardlow jumped back in, quickly planted uh, him with a power slam. Joe locked Hobbs into a guillotine choke, but Wardlow... Uh, took them both down. Hobbs was then uh, taking some offense from Wardlow in the corner with some strikes. Joe ran into a spine buster for two. Uh, Hobbs still has the best spine buster in the business, if you ask me. Uh, Hobbs and Wardlow then are on the outside. This is where Joe wiped both out with a big dive. Joe tried to powerbomb on Wardlow, but Hobbs hit a big pounce on Joe. Uh, and, uh, I mean... I thought Joe was legitimately injured off this fucking pounce on the outside. Hobbs literally threw all of his weight into Joe. I thought Joe was going to come up with a fucking concussion on the outside. He went into the barricade so hard. He, so. he did go. He, he went head first right into yes, it. Yes, he did. He, and Joe has a history with concussions, so I yes. think he concerned too. Back inside, Hobbs is in there. He uh, took out Wardlow with a big spine buster for a two count. Wardlow and Hobbs, they were fighting for position here. Wardlow fired off two power bombs. But as he went for the third powerbomb and winning the match, Samoa Joe took the TNT title from the outside, ran into the ring, and wiped him out with it. Joe locked on the Coquina clutch on Hobbs, who was already passed out. Referee had no choice, and he stopped the match. Joe wins the TNT champion. He's now a double champion. Uh, I guess one positive to come out of this, bro, Wardlow did not get pinned. But the guy that we all thought was going to get pinned by Wardlow was ended up pinned anyway by Samoa Joe, and Samoa Joe is now the TNT champion. Yeah, man. You know it. I'm, I'm, I don't, I don't, I'm not a big, huge fan of having double champions. You know, Roman Reigns not included here, um, because it's it's just creatively hard to get those titles or one title off of said person without having them, you know, look weak. So if you want them to look strong, I mean, you clearly want them to look strong because you're putting two titles on them, but then you're going to have to somehow nerf that when it's time to take one off. So, I mean, I think Joe was sitting pretty with, you know, the TV title. I don't think he needed another title right now. If they wanted to make a title change, I would have put it on Hobbs. I mean, but hey, maybe this is the start of a, this is the start of a story. Let's see where they want to take it. But as we just saw, well, I just saw Tony Khan say he wanted to keep the AEW storylines and the ROH storylines separate. You now have an ROH and an AEW champion in the same Samoa Joe. So, I want to shout out Will Hobbs, too. I know Will Hobbs has been um, somebody that we've both kept an eye on from year one to now. He was uh, generic in year one. You know, he was mm -hmm. still developing, obviously. He's grown into his own fucking skin in year three and a half now, and I thought he looked great tonight. I would love to see AEW fully get behind Powerhouse Hobbs and yeah. push him as their version of Bobby Lashley. I mean, it's very simple to book a guy like Powerhouse Hobbs. Just look, just look at what WWE's done with Bobby Lashley and this whole new turn, this hurt business thing he's doing on Monday night. It is so easy to do that same thing with, with, uh, with, with Powerhouse Hobbs. I mean, he's so yeah. dominating. He's so 
statuesque. He's he's huge. He moves well in the ring. He's very you know, I'd like to see him on the microphone a little bit more. I think he's yeah. got a nice promo. Let's get him out there. Yeah, he's he's very believable, very legit. You yes. know, and when and you you you're in a match with Hobbs, dude. I mean, it's 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 not like something you gotta you know. Well, I gotta try to make this guy look strong. Oh, no, he's he's gonna make himself look strong, bro. Yeah. You gotta hang. You gotta hang in there with him. Yeah. I mean, we got Jamie Hader as the women's champion. We got uh, MJF as the world champion. We got the acclaimed as tag team champion. Let's start getting Hobbs into the discussion. Yeah. Seriously. Anyway, we don't know where this is going with the TNT title. I feel like it's going to lead to another Joe and Warlow match. I, I guess we'll see when uh, Dynamite rolls around on Wednesday. Darby Allen and Sting. They went two-on-two in a no-disqualification, no-countout match against Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. You know, bro, Jeff, J-E-double-F, bro. J-A-double-R, bro, E-E-double-T. You know, that, that Jeff Jarrett, the last outlaw Jeff Jarrett. I know you're a big fan of Double J, bro. Look, man, he didn't go out there. <laughs> he didn't go out there and stink up the bid. I didn't expect him to. Jeff Jarrett is 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 in fantastic shape. Yes, I mean he's still great for what he can do in in twenty twenty two. I just we just don't need him on television. That's all. Listen, That's all. but but I'll I'll say this: in a tag match with Lethal and with Sting and Darby, this made sense. I mean. For the, I guess the most sense it can make for the short amount of time that Jeff Dredd was here, they just kind of shoehorned him into that stable. But the match made sense, and it was a, it was a really good match. So, listen, the cake in the chat. This was the worst match of the night, bro. Listen, uh, how you could say this is worse than Nyla Rose and Jade Cargill, bro? I don't know what the fuck you're watching. <laughs> yeah, no. That I mean, give me a break, bro. We love you, man. I'm glad you're here, but uh, this was far from the worst match of the entire night. Listen. Yeah. I think Jeff Jarrett looks great. Jeff Jarrett's a great promo. Jeff Jarrett's value is going to obviously come in a backstage capacity. Jay Lethal is fucking fantastic. Staying at 63 years old, doing whatever he's doing, man. I, it's fucking shock and awe every time I see Sting. He's out there fucking Huge diving, and, and he's fan. mixing up with Satinum Singh in there today. I mean, yes. Jesus fucking Christ. And then Darby Allen. I mean, he's crazy. We all love Darby. The thing with this match is, and I want to be blunt with you guys, I don't care for this, okay? I was very indifferent to this, but it wasn't bad. I enjoyed it for what it was, but I was indifferent to it. Did it belong on this show? No, you could have easily put this on Dynamite. It felt like a Dynamite show or a Dynamite match for a Dynamite show. And also, when Jeff Jarrett and Sting were in the ring, I got flashbacks of watching TNA, and I don't want to watch 2002 (laughs) TNA in 2022 AEW. So pardon me, because nobody wants to see TNA, okay? Nobody watches TNA. Nobody watches Impact, okay? So I'm very indifferent, Jesse. I mean, did it belong here? No. Should it have been on Dynamite? Yes. But it wasn't bad by any stretch. I was was cool with it. I was cool with it. I mean, it was was fun. You know, I'm, 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 I'm big on Darby. You know, I enjoy what AEW has done with Sting from the day he was signed. You know, and I've sang and I've sang his praises every time they've come up. I've I've enjoyed how AEW has treated Sting and all of their legends. Yeah. So it, it's only right for me to have a little faith in them when they bring in Jeff Jarrett. And with this match that we get, I can't complain about it. I can't show this. I enjoyed the match. I was enjoying the evening, you know, sans the Jay Cargill match. But I was enjoying every match on the card up to this point. And there was no reason to shit on this, man. It was entertaining. It was fine. Yeah. So Jarrett brought out four guys dressed in sting masks. There was a body bag shown on the ramp as Lethal and the fake stings went up to check it out. 
smoke filled around the body bag, and Darby flew through the smoke with his skateboard and wiped everybody out. Jarrett's in the ring. He doesn't know Sting's behind him. So we got a chant of TNA, TNA, and Lethal was in there, and we get a big brawl that leads to all four guys brawling in the crowd. So all four men brawled into the crowd. Allen set up a ladder on the stage. He tried to do a coffin drop off of it and the stage, but landed onto Satnam Singh. So Satnam caught him. Singh threw Allen like a fucking sack of garbage onto the ramp. All you heard was this huge thud with Darby's body hitting the ramp. And then Singh goes and saves Lethal in the crowd from a fall. Sting leapt out of the crowd onto Singh and Lethal. This is where the action starts finally getting into the ring. And Jarrett's doing his thing out there. He's strutting in the ring. And they're in control, are Jarrett and Lethal as they're isolating Darby in their corner. So the one thing I did not like about this match, Jesse, is the fact that it was billed as a no-DQ match, no count-out, yet they're in opposite corners on the apron making fucking clean tags. That has always been my gripe with tag team. What is this shit, man? Where's the Texas Tornado shit? I've said every time, every time there's always been a, ta- a, a tag team, no DQ match, I bring this up. You know, you usually shoot me down. Like, you're like, oh, well, you mean, you got to, you know, blah, 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 something. But like, wait, this makes no sense. Why are you sitting there? Well, I'm agreeing with you. I mean, I thought of it tonight. I'm like, uh, you just told me. Well, I didn't think it was, I didn't think this was a no DQ match. Justin Roberts says no DQ match. I'm like, all right. So we get the no DQ bullshit happening in the beginning where everybody's fucking chaos. And then they get to the ring, bro. And then all of a sudden we get four guys, you know, wrestling and both corners are making clean tags, <laughs> holding clean the tags. tag rope. <laughs> Why? Just get the in fuck? the ring, man. <laughs> I don't know, man. Just those, fact- those little things, you know, it, you know, this is what, this is what we do. This is what I do for a living. I got to pay attention, right? I got to call yeah. it out. Who the fuck made that decision? <laughs> Come on, Fun man. fact. Today, well, I guess yesterday, because it's after midnight now, was the 46-year anniversary of Kansas releasing Carry On Wayward Son. Today? To yesterday. Yesterday. Oh, oh, on the day of the show. The day of the show, yeah. Wow. 46, go to the Kansas, Kansas uh, Twitter account. They posted it. 46 years ago today, Carry On Wayward Son was released as a single. You know, man, that was my favorite song to play on Guitar Hero. That was my favorite song to watch Randy Marsh play on Guitar Hero. That was Park. that was progressive heavy metal before progressive heavy metal was even a thing. <laughs> so anybody that likes Kansas, carry on Wayward Son. You are a closet progressive rock fan. No. I love that fucking song. I love progressive metal. I love that type of shit. Uh, but yes, that was my favorite song, Guitar Hero, bro. How many I people in the chat it, actually play Guitar Hero, man? How many people were actually able to master Dragon Force through the fire and flames as the fucking secret song in Guitar Hero, man? That was the toughest song ever. Never played Guitar Hero. No? no. I was making a comeback. Really? Yeah. You know, what I, you know what I do have, though? Well, I don't have it, but I have a um, pre-order. The um, PlayStation 5 uh, VR, VR2. PlayStation 5 VR2. You're gonna be dipping into virtual reality. Yeah, man, I got I got mine pre-ordered, bro. Oh, okay. How much is that going for? Oh, it's a lot. I won't ask. You don't want to know. I won't ask. Um. Anyway, uh, this was pretty cool towards the end. I love the ending of this thing. Um. So, 
We got Darby Allen in there getting beat up. Action went to the ring. He's getting beat up. Sting was able to make a hot tag. He was dishing out stinger splashes and got the Scorpion Deathlock on Jarrett. Sting no salt Sanjay trying to get in there and getting some offense in. So this was part of the no DQ rule, I guess. So Sting stepped in and delivered a vicious choke on Sting. Darby and Lethal were uh, tagged back in. Lethal combination got a two count on Darby from Jay Lethal. Jarrett wanted a guitar shot. He, he, he nearly hit Lethal with it. Pulled back and stopped. Jarrett was knocked down, and Lethal, uh, he did a uh, float over stunner. Did, uh, did Darby on Jay Lethal. Allen went for a coffin drop, but leapt right into Jeff Jarrett's guitar shot right in the back. That was a great spot. Darby kipped up, no-sold it, and delivered a very Sting-like uh, move as Sting wiped out Sanjay. Sting came back, missed a splash. Sting did a scorpion death drop. Uh, with Darby Allen, which looked great on Saturn. He tried to get him in the Scorpion Death Drop. Could not drop him because of his weight. I don't know why. I don't know how. Just fucking drop down. Fall. Just drop down. <laughs> but he waited for Darby to go, and it was a coffin drop slash Scorpion Death Drop combination to get uh, Sanjay out of there. Allen hit a coffin drop on Lethal to get the one, two, three. It was good. It was just not my cup of tea. I didn't really care for building into the show. Uh, I was indifferent to it. It should have been on Dynamite instead of their show. But there was nothing wrong with it. It's just so my opinion. I, think, I, I didn't care this about way. I think about it this way. If we didn't have Jeff Jarrett in this match, um, it could have been worse. We could have had Satin and Singh. Yes. Okay, so that being said, I'll take Jeff Jarrett. Me too. Well, now, now that you put it that way, yeah. Yeah. So it's... Jamie Hayter versus Tony Storm. This was for the AEW Interim Women's Championship. Now, lovely. Sean Spears, yes. Sean Spears said on Twitter tonight that the interim shit needs to go away. Fuck off with it. You're either a champion or not. Get rid of it. I think we need to start moving on from this because if Thunder Rosa doesn't come back in the next week or two, I honestly think we should strip her of the championship and give Jamie Hayter the fucking sole AEW Women's Championship title. Because I'm hearing Thunder Rosa is supposed to come back. I'm also hearing that Thunder Rosa is not even injured. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. This is the shit that I hear, bro. Jesse's going to remain quiet. I heard from people on Twitter, man. People thinking that Thunder... I didn't hear from nobody. I didn't hear from nobody specifically reaching out. The people are talking, bro. Thinking that Thunder Rose is not really hurt. Do we need to drop the interim title? Well, I don't I don't want I don't want my silence to to make it seem like that she's not because she she is hurt. I'm sure she right. is. She 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 is hurt. And where this comes from, I don't know. But nonetheless, I was anticipating because they have uh AEW has a Texas loop coming up, including San Antonio. My yeah. guess was she was gonna show up there. In her hometown. So you think she's going to make it back to TV in her hometown? That's what that that's what my guess is. Yeah, I, I think she'll make it back to back back to TV, um, in San Antonio, and they'll figure out what to do. I mean, clearly her first feud it should be with Jamie Hader. You know, I mean, although I, it feels like the Tony Storm business is now incomplete, so I don't know. But my guess is, yes, she'll be back in, I think it's December. Sometime in December, they'll be in San Antonio. They have a, a big Texas loop coming up. I think she shows up there. 
All right. Well, well, well Jamie Jamie Hader won the women's championship tonight. She beat Tony Storm. Uh, I want to I want to go into the outcome first, and then we'll talk about how the outcome came about. We, we got Jamie Hader winning the championship, and I know a lot of people were thinking, well, you got to do Tony Storm and Thunder Rosa if that is the case, and Thunder Rosa is coming back. Jesse had made mention of it on uh, the last couple of shows that we did. You got to do Tony and Thunder, and you got to get Tony Storm the 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 championship and call her the real champion. But yeah, the thing so is, was she but, ever really champion? No, I don't get to that. But the thing is, while all this was happening and we're waiting for Thunder Rosa to come back, Jamie Hayter was getting hot, you know, and, and get your mind out of the gutter. We know she's a beautiful woman. She was getting hot, bro. The, fan, the fans were, uh, were really, you know, getting on her side, and she became a fan favorite. A lot of people were like, she's working her ass off. She deserves a fucking shot. Let's give her a shot. So Tony Storm now... You know, when we were coming into this show, we were like, Tony's got to win. Now, after this show, I don't think either of us are complaining that Jamie Hader is the champion. But two things happened here. Number one, Thunder Rosa going away has honestly messed up Tony Storm's title run because I, I don't know how you feel, but Thunder Rosa being out and Tony Storm operating as an interim, she wasn't really ever the champion, and she's had a very lackluster run. Not, that, that's not to say Tony Storm did not work her ass off. What, yeah. what I'm trying to say is that if you look back at this a year from now, what are you going to remember about Tony Storm's title run? Nothing. The only yeah. thing that you're going to remember is Thunder Rosa was injured and she went away for a couple of months and Tony Storm was never really the women's champion. That's it. Nothing else yeah. that happened in this run matters. But I don't, I don't think that Thunder Rosa going away uh, took away from it. I think Tony Khan making Tony Storm an interim champion took away from it. Yes, he just should have took the title off of Thunder Rosa. Yes. Period. It I think so as vacant. well. I mean, that's it's it was it was and Thunder Rosa said herself, like, I'm not, I am not still currently AEW women's champion by my own choice. It's the owners. Don't look at me. Yeah. So she's right. Well, Jamie Hitter is the women's champion now. And um I don't know how you guys watched this match and did not want Jamie Hader to win it. I mean, I feel bad for Tony Storm because she never really got anything going, which is the common theme with all the champions. All I hope the them. same doesn't become of uh, of Jamie Hader here. But now that Tony Storm is not the champion and Jamie Hader is probably going to be involved with Britt Baker, I don't see the women's championship being on the back burner just because of now who is involved. But I could see Tony Storm getting a rematch. I mean, after tonight, we should definitely see a rematch of sorts because there was a lot of interference in this thing. This was great. There was a lot of interference, and even with the interference, I'm happy that Jamie Hader got the job done. This was women's wrestling, bro. This was probably the best women's championship match in AEW all year, especially down the stretch where everybody was on their feet, those close near falls, the, the, the Tony Storm being busted open, added a nice little yes. element to it. This was the best women's match all year in AEW. This was, this was, this was, this was really good. Yeah. Um, it was not overbooked. It was actually... Very well. I mean, when I, when I saw Rebel come out, I was wondering, like, where the fuck has Rebel been all night? Yeah. And she came out, like, oh, okay, there she is, and she's getting involved, and she failed. Like, okay. And there, there's Rebel. When I saw Britt Baker come out, I figured one of two things would happen. Right away, right away, Jamie Hayter's winning the title right away, or she's going to come out and and turn on Jamie Hayter, and they're going to have that feud that way. So, but they went with the first one, and yeah, but because as soon as Britt Baker came out, I knew something was about to change drastically because Rebel already came out and popped that bubble for us. Yeah. So it it was it was a good match. Uh unpredictable, 
I mean, very nice spots. I mean, Jamie Hayter has come a long way from being a sidekick to being the top of the the women's division. So kudos to her, man. Very proud. Homegrown talent, man. She went. She she she's been there basically since day one, and yeah. she is now bigger in year three and a half uh, than she was then. And, and you see the progression, and that's why she's such a fan favorite now because she's been there. This is the type of talent that Tony Khan needs to get by. These are the these are the people that people want to see. Mm-hmm. This is the reason why AEW became uh, so beloved. People like this, mm-hmm. Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker and, and, and the day ones. He's moved so far away from that. And it's definitely become, you know, a mix of TNA, a mix of Ring of Honor, WWE light. It's like they lost who they were. They lost their identity. Like, yeah. That's why I said in the beginning, we got the acclaimed as, as tag team champions. MJF is now the world champion. Jamie Hayter is the women's champion. Look at the homegrown talent that are leading the charge as champions in this company. That's the vision. That's the, 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 the backing that he needs to get AEW back in the good graces of everybody. No, no, I, I agree. And, you know, and I, I, I kind of got an issue with the people, you know, always stressing the, the homegrown talent you know, for AEW and everything like that. I mean, let's not forget, this company just started about, you know, going on four years now. Um, before AEW existed, there was WWE and everything up under it. So when you start a new company and you bring in wrestlers, you're always going to pretty much bring in someone who has started somewhere else. All right. You can't just start a company, start training new guys and then make them champion. All right. You, it, there's a process involved guys. And that's why we're getting Jericho as champion and, and then this guy's champion, ex, this ex-WWE guy's champion, because you have to establish your brand first and then get people to watch you for the Jerichos. And then when they come, then you show them your Guevara's and your Jungle Boys and things like that. That's, that's how wrestling works, man. Yeah. It's a, it's a beautiful thing to see. I, I love it. Um, and, and that's what they did early on, and they seem to have gotten away from that. But uh, I love everything about this match. It started off slow. Crowd was a little... Uh, a little a dull and a little lackluster, but then, man, they picked it off big time. Those near falls were really great, and like I said, the visual of Tony Storm bleeding at the end of the match was a really nice touch. Shotgun dropkick sent Hater to the apron. Storm hit sweet cheek music, sent her out to the floor. Hater sent Storm into the guardrail. This is where things kind of picked up for Jamie Hater. Controlled most of the action. She was kind of, you know, toying with Tony Storm and very nonchalantly being cocky. Storm mounted a comeback, used sweet cheek music again, uh, and a top rope cross body for a two count. Both are trading strikes back and forth until Storm hit a step up tornado DDT. We got a nice little forearm exchange between the two. Storm hit a headbutt. Both ladies collapse and Storm falls on top of Jamie Hader. And that was one of the closest near falls of the match there. Rebel sneaks down to ringside. Finally, we see Rebel here. Jamie Hader wanted to go at this alone. Uh, she said so in the pre-show video package that we saw. And then Jamie Hayter and Storm are in the ring. Rebel's on the outside. Storm's nose right now is busted open. Uh, Hayter took the referee to allow Rebel to interfere. She smacked Tony with this, uh, the title belt. Hayter hit a big lariat for a close two count. Referee Paul Turner was out there. He saw Rebel on the apron. He saw her holding the championship. He thought she was up to no good. So she was kicked out. So Storm sees all this, and Jamie Hayter's distracted. Took Hater out with a ripcord lariat. She goes for a coverage. She gets a two count. Storm tried for the sweet cheek music again, but she was sent to the outside. Storm 
falls down to the outside by the title belt, and all of a sudden we see someone in a hoodie come out of nowhere and hit a curb stomp on the title belt on Tony, and it was revealed to be Britt Baker. Hater planted Storm with the Storm Zero. Tony Storm kicks out of her own finishing move. Hater then uh, missed a opportunity to hit uh, a, another Storm Zero, and Storm Zero uh, delivered by Tony. So they're training Storm Zeros back and forth here. Kick out by Hater at a two count. Baker distracted Storm long enough to turn Hater into uh, the opportunity to win. We got the uh, big backbreaker for another close two count. Baker removed the corner turnbuckle pad. Storm sent Hater into Britt. I thought this was going to be it for Jamie Hater, and she was going to lose this, and we were going to get Britt and Jamie Hater splitting up here, but that was not the case. That knocked Britt to the floor. Storm charged in. She inadvertently hits the exposed steel that Britt Baker undid. Hater with the Haterade for the one, two, three, and she wins the title to a standing ovation. People were on their feet. Huge reaction when she won the title, and she is the new interim women's champion. I can't hit on this. I thought this was a fantastic match. Best women's match of the entire year. Right outcome. I even tweeted Tony Khan. That is women's wrestling. That's the opportunity you needed to give her, and she fucking stole it, and I love it. Awesome. Yeah, it was a great moment. I was worried that the call was for Tony Storm to win, and I was sitting there thinking to myself, I had flashbacks of the acclaim and swerving our glory. Like, oh, man, I hope they call an audible here. Then Jamie Hayter should win this one. You yeah, know, a but, lot of people were like, oh, that, uh, that some people were tweeting me saying, oh, Tony Khan learned this lesson from the acclaimed and uh, and swerving our glory at all out. He called an audible in the middle of the match. No, I, I don't know if he did or not, but it didn't feel like one. I, I felt like this was all automatically the way it was supposed to be. I think Jamie Hader was planning to win this match from the word go. Could be. Yeah. It could be. I, I, I was, uh, that's, that's the first thing that popped in my head, too. Like, oh, uh, they should probably call an audible here. But yeah, I could see that. I could see that. Either way, man, it's a fantastic match, man. Really good. So what do we do here? We go, we do Jamie Hayter and Thunder Rosa. Obviously, whoever Thunder Rosa, whoever whoever the champion now is going to have to wrestle Thunder Rosa. So whoever yeah. whoever wrestles Thunder Rosa, there to me it would be right for them to win the championship, correct? So if it's yeah. Jamie Hayter and Thunder Rosa, Jamie Hayter is the women's champion. Then we get Jamie Hayter and Britt Baker for the championship, bro. But Britt Baker just lost to Soraya. Uh, it doesn't matter, bro. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. So Britt's coming off a loss and automatically going to be in a title match uh, with Jamie Hader because they're together. Yeah, it makes sense. Oh, okay. I just want to make sure. Yeah. You know, I, I thought to get a championship match, you have to win matches. Nah. Or, or that's not the case anymore. That's where we get rid of the ranking system. Or may, maybe AEW's hired Bruce Prichard. We don't even know. It could, it could be. I mean, uh, look, maybe they don't it, Maybe they don't jump right into it. And maybe in the meantime, they... they it stacked Britt Baker with some wins to get her up to that level. I mean, you're not gonna just dive right into it. She's gotta face Thunder Rosa. She's gotta retain here or there. You gotta build the jealousy and the separation. So they got a little time to build her to yeah. build her back up for that match. Yeah, and that's where we're going. So after Jamie Hader is the real women's champion, it's gonna be Britt and Jamie Hader, and Jamie Hader is going to be put over by Britt Baker. That's the way it's gotta be, right? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yeah, just making sure. We don't. Uh, we we we're not we're not we're not in agreement here that Britt Baker is going to be a uh, women's champion again, going into twenty twenty three. Maybe. What if they chose her to defeat Jade, and then have title versus title? I would not mind that. Do we need two women's championship? Them, no. If they if they merge them, do we need two women's championships in the company? No. No. <laughs> no. We, we do, do not. not. 
Man, absolutely not. Listen, what if what if Soraya is built up to take the title off of either Jamie Hayter or Britt Baker going into their London show? I don't think Soraya could you see is, that? I don't think Soraya is not only not there yet, but not close to getting there to be holding the title to lead the division yet. All right. I think we're getting ahead of ourselves. Um, I think she needs to she needs to get a little bit more acclimated in the ring again. You know, and reconnect with the crowd because the match she had tonight was fantastic. It was great, but the crowd reactions are still not where I would like to see them t- to see her holding the title. Yeah, not, not yet. So. Excellent women's match, though. Uh, right outcome for sure. I feel sorry for Tony Storm. I feel like she never really got going, and uh, nobody's going to remember anything about her title reign. But it is what it is, man. It's just a common theme in the women's division. The acclaimed. Anthony Bowens and Max Caster against Swerve in Our Glory. This is Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland for the AEW Tag Team Championships. This was the co-main event. Anthony Bowens was... Now, I know I've seen people online worried about his shoulder. He was wearing a sling all everywhere he went, uh, all AEW weekend. A lot of people were thinking he's really hurt. Um, At one point, I thought this match was going to be canceled off the fucking show because they were advertising the main event before they did this. Uh, and then they went right into this match, which I was happy to see. But he was really selling that arm, bro. He had kinesio yeah. tape on it. He was wearing the sling all weekend. I thought he was legitimately hurt coming out of Wednesday. Yeah, he, 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 he sold it, man. He had, he had us all believing. There you go. That's uh, part of the job. Mm-hmm. So I enjoyed this. Was it their best match together? No. I feel like I feel like the all-out match was still their number one. I think the... Um, Show and Queens Grand Slam was their number two, and then this was easily their worst match. Not because it was a bad match, but I feel like at this point in the show, the three, yeah, yeah, I feel like at this point in the show, people are fatigued. I think a lot of people expended a lot of energy to Jamie Hader in that last match that we saw winning the women's championship, and then there was some unruly fans in attendance where the fans in attendance were paying more attention to somebody being kicked out of the fucking Prudential Center than what was going on in the ring. Some people were chanting, uh, asshole or whatever, get out. They were all pointing in one direction, you know, just not paying attention to what was going on in the ring. At one point, I felt fucking bad for the guys working their ass off in the match. It wasn't Issa, was it? Did Issa get kicked out? No, Issa did not get kicked out. Okay, good. All right. Issa was there. Roman was not there, by the way. I'm going to have her embarrass the family over out there, man. Roman was not there. Roman was home. Okay, good. Yes. Roman is safe and at home. But, um... Yeah, I, I don't know. The fans were very quiet for this. They really kind of popped up and they showed some energy when Daddy Ass got out there towards the end of this thing, but there was no energy for this. Not that it was a bad match. It was just the show's too fucking long. The show was the I show mean, is too long. That crowd's been sitting there since, you know, six o'clock my time. They're gonna be going through it. I mean, it's a good, it's a good what, four or five hour show? Yeah. No, it was Denise did not get kicked out. I I actually feel bad for Denise. She was stalked by some fucking weird fan that kind of infiltrated the the, the media section. And he was, she put something on Twitter like he was sniffing her hair and he he was whispering in her ear uh, about how nice her ass was. I mean, this was, this is what she put on Twitter. Yeah, she did. I saw it. I mean, that's that's fucking ridiculous. I I mean, mean, they, they, they didn't put him in the press booth. They just had him out there in the crowd, you know, and someone sat next to her, started hitting on her. They didn't know who she was. No. She's no, he was celebrity. actually, he actually came down from the nosebleeds to sit behind yeah. her and started sniffing her hair. How fucking weird. Her husband weird. was there, though? No, her husband was not there. Her husband's back in uh, California. Oh, I, th- I thought she said someone, oh, she said it was somebody else that's, that's, that's Yeah, there was a couple, there was a couple of the other, other media colleagues that she's friendly with, but, I mean, that's disgusting. 
I mean, Jesus fucking Christ. AEW, what are you doing, bro? This is your fan base? Bro, you know, I I don't know for sure because I'm actually not a female, but I'm pretty sure you can ask any female we may have here in the chat that may know about what happened to Denise, and they might say that is nowhere near the creepiest thing that's ever happened to them from a random guy. No, probably not. I mean, they, they, it, get, it gets worse. I mean, he's got some fucking balls to do that in front of the entire media section. I mean, Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you got no fucking shame there, bro. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Anyway, tag team title match um, was good. I just didn't like it better than the other two that they had. So this was all about Swerve and Keith Lee. This, we knew this was coming. The split was coming. It was inevitable. And that's exactly what happened. So the acclaim were beaten down. They were beaten down. And Caster made a hot tag. He ran wild with a dive on Swerve on the outside. Tried to lift Keith Lee. That was clearly not going to happen. He settled for Hurricanrana off the second rope. Caster was cut off in the corner. Fought off Lee. Hit a super famouser off the top for two. Bowens nearly drop kicked Strickland onto the barricade that was kind of positioned from the ring apron and the barricade on the outside. So there was this barricade portion or parition that was set up as like a bridge on the outside. So Bowens nearly dropkicked Strickland onto the barricade that was hanging on the outside. Lee saved his partner. Caster went up top, hit this crazy crossbody off of Keith Lee. They both go crashing through this barricade down below. Bowens hit a DDT off the ropes on Strickland for a two. Rolled through flatliner from Strickland, planted Bowens, and we got four kill shot kicks followed by Strickland, uh, and Bowens kicked out. Strickland went for a swerve stomp, missed. Bowens hit the arrival. Caster reappeared, hit the mic drop off the top rope. Lee broke up the two count. Strickland fought off a double team and dropped Caster with a brain buster. Lee then uh, takes Caster and he tosses him clear across the ring as Lee and Strickland hit a fall from glory. But Caster somehow kicked out at two. So Caster made a blind tag off of the powerbomb attempt and he comes in. And this resulted in Keith Lee powerbombing Caster onto Bowens. Caster was launched into the ring, attendant table on the outside. Strickland pulled out some pliers that were in the area. All of a sudden, Daddy Ass made the save because he was going to pluck the fingers of Bowens, I believe. So Daddy Ass made the save, never actually came in and attacked Strickland. Uh, He did get some boots from Shane Strickland, but uh, he ran away, and the referees held uh, gun back. Strickland went uh, to go talk to Keith Lee about him using the pliers. Lee takes the pliers and throws them away. So Swerve is getting in Keith Lee's face. He slaps Keith Lee in the face. Keith Lee helped Bowens up, left his partner just all by himself. Bowens got a schoolboy on Strickland. Strickland kicks out. Bowens reversed a JML driver into a blind tag to Max Caster. Acclaim hit their finish, put away Strickland two-on-one to retain the title. As Keith Lee says, fuck off. He doesn't want anything to do with Shane Strickland anymore, and we are now, bro, on our way to seeing Shane Strickland as a heel and Keith Lee as a babyface, and this was time, and the time was right, and I'm looking forward to both of them going on their own. It should be fantastic. It should be good. Let's, let's, I want to see this feud. Let's see what happens. Let's see who comes out on top of it, because uh, I don't think there's a wrong outcome in the feud. No. Someone's got to win it. Someone's got to lose it, and both these guys are fantastic at what they do, so... Let's see what happens, man. We're going to have uh, two legit up-and-coming main event guys on AEW television, Keith Lee and Swerve Strickland. Yep. They are going to have big 2023s. And if they don't, there's a fucking problem. 
looking forward to it. Uh, match was good. Just uh, the energy was not there from the crowd as compared to the other matches that they had. Excalibur informed us that Tony Khan has made Death Triangle and the Elite into a best-of-seven series with Death Triangle already being up 1-0. So match two is happening on Wednesday. We don't know if the trios championships are on the line on all these matches. That is yet to be determined. I would hope not. I, I guess whoever wins the best-of-seven is the new trios champions. So match three will be on November 30th. Match four will be at Winter is Coming on December 14th. Match five, if necessary, will be at Holiday Bash on December 21. Match six, if necessary, will be at New Year's Smash on December 28th. And match seven will be on January 11th at the LA Forum, if necessary. So we have the best of seven ending in Los Angeles. You just say if necessary. If necessary, yes. Okay. <laughs> if necessary, bro. Hey. Name a promotion where they have a two-time champion named Joe. Yeah. Name a promotion that's a two-time champion is Joe? Yes, WWE. We got two, man. Now we got some more. We got two Joes, yeah. Two Joes. Look look at that. The Joe over here, though, is not uh, part of the Anawaii family. Ah, well, no, he's not. Paul Heyman made that clear. Yeah. Also on Dynamite, Ricky Starks versus Ethan Page, finals of the world title eliminator, Jericho versus Tomohiro Ishii for the Ring of Honor title. Orange Cassidy defends the Atlantic title against Jake Hager. And we will have, I'm sure, MJF's explanation about what happened with William Regal in the main event. Should be good. Should be a good Dynamite. MJF, main event, John Moxley with Lord William Regal, AEW World Championship. Crowd was big time into this. They woke up. Thank God they woke up. MJF comes out first. He's getting a huge babyface reaction. He's playing up as a babyface, Jesse. I thought I was watching a young Ric Flair out there at times when MJF was out there. A babyface Ric Flair. Moxley throwing the middle finger around like Austin, waving it around freely. He comes out. He gets booed, bro. Moxley was playing a heel. MJF was. was playing a baby face. I thought I was living in this fucking alternate reality. I'm like, what the fuck am I watching here? Like, what, MJF what, what is doing? powering up. He's doing baby face <laughs> shit. I'm like, where the fuck is Max, bro? Really? <laughs> he's in a fucking figure four hole, bro. He's fucking doing the thing. He's shaking his arm. He's fucking reaching for the rope. He's trying to reverse. I'm like, what am I watching here? It was bad. It was bad. But Moxley, I feel like he was... I feel like Moxley had to turn it on, bro, in New Jersey because he knew he was going to be the underdog coming into MJF's backyard. He wasn't, I mean, from what Taz said or something like that, um, MJF wasn't necessarily a, 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 a hometown hero over where, where they were exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't, I'm not familiar with the New York, New Jersey situation, you know, area, who likes where and Long Island. I'm not familiar with all of that. Yeah, well, you know, it's New York, man. They uh, apparently, uh, Moxley got booed in New York. Punk was heavy booed in New York. I guess every time MJF is in New York somewhere, man, like you said, I didn't believe you. But uh, even if he was heel, even if we got real Maxwell here, he probably would have been cheered, more than likely. Probably. This was a very good match. Uh, I thought this was a very, very good main event. Lived up to the billing of being a a big-time AEW main event. So... They were going back and forth. Uh, Moxley was very stiff with MJF early on. Uh, MJF, uh, 
was in there. He was being slapped around by by Moxley. He uh, got a falcon arrow into a crossbreaker on MJF. MJF scurried off to the ropes. Uh, Moxley grabbed the title at ringside, held it high. He was definitely healing it up here tonight in uh, New Jersey. MJF misted Moxley in the face with some unknown substance, probably some water. Uh, Moxley then sent him into the ring steps. MJF was firing off some babyface jabs in the ring. Uh, Very Dusty Rhodes-like. Sent Moxley into the corner 10 times. He went to the floor, set up the timekeeper's table. He took the table legitimately and set it up by the apron of the ring on the uh, stage side of the ring. He kissed the title belt in the process while he was out there. MJF took way too long to set this table up. Moxley fired off a cutter, stomped on to the face of MJF repeatedly, booed big time. Moxley teased a gotch pile driver through the table, but MJF blocked it and hit a tombstone on the apron. I was legit scared at this because, bro, MJF came down with his tombstone. A, Moxley's fucking head hit the goddamn apron flush. And then B, MJF jumped to do a tombstone, and he drove his fucking knees into the apron, which you know is the hardest part of the ring. And I legitimately thought he, like, I don't want to see him hurt. I'm like, Jesus fucking Christ, do we need to do apron moves by MJF? Yeah, I mean, I saw that too. I was wondering if anyone else saw that, but I saw Moxie's head connect. Yes. So, not a good look. Tombstone on the apron. MJF clutched his knee. I thought he legit hurt himself. I'm like, oh, no, we don't need this. MJF went for it again. Moxley countered. He was doing a pile driver of his own, and he jumped off the apron to deliver a pile driver on MJF through the table that MJF just set up on the outside. MJF on the outside. He barely made it back in to beat the 10 count. He ran right into a paradigm shift for two. Moxley locked on the figure four on, on MJF, and MJF wouldn't quit. He's trying to reverse the submission. He's baby-facing it up, trying to reverse the figure four. I don't I don't remember the last time I saw a reversal of the fucking figure four in a, in a modern-day pro wrestling match. Here we are seeing it here. So, Very old school. Yes. Moxley spilled to the apron. MJF hit his heat-seeker pile driver. MJF went forward again for a second time, but this time Moxley chop-locked uh, MJF's bad leg out. Uh, being that he just put him through a table with a pile driver. Moxley got crotched in the ropes. MJF cut him off. Moxley was hitting Anvil elbows to booze. Moxley connected with an avalanche paradigm shift, which did not look pretty. I, again, I thought MJF kind of came down on his legs and something bad had happened, but he was all right. MJF was in a cover. He got fingertips on the ropes to break up the count. So Moxley was uh, yelling at the fans, throwing the middle finger around. Uh, MJF recovered. He spit in the face of John Moxley, who had dared MJF to hit him. So we get a forearm battle. We got the yay and the boo chance happening with the forearm battle. MJF pulled the referee into a charging Moxley to uh, stall the match. I'm like, here we go. Here we go. The shenanigans are about to fucking roll out. MJF all of a sudden goes into his tights and he pulls out the dynamite diamond ring from his trunks. He's contemplating using it. All of a sudden, we see William Regal, who is not at ringside throughout this match. He's walking down the aisle. He sees Max with the ring. Don't you even dare about using it. MJF takes the ring off. He throws it to the outside. We see one of the security guards go scurry after it. Because God forbid one of the fucking fans picked that thing up. He's scurrying and looking for it. MJF throws the ring away. MJF flipped off Regal. And Moxley locked on a rear naked choke because of all this happening. 
MJF nearly got a pinfall out of it because he did the Bret Hart Austin kick in the corner up and over. So he got a two count on Moxley. Referee Paul Turner, a replacement referee, goes out there and he gets knocked out. So the replacement referee and the original referee are now knocked out. So bulldog choke by Moxley. MJF is tapping out. And Bryce Remsburg, the official, re- the original referee, William Regal is there on the outside telling Moxley, wake the ref up, wake the ref up. So Moxley goes and listens to William Regal. He goes to try and wake Bryce Remsburg up. During this entire time, William Regal slips MJF brass knuckles. He punched Moxley right in the face, knocked him out. Bryce Remsburg sees this. He doesn't know what the fuck's going on. One, two, three. And William Regal smirked at MJF from the ramp, gave him a nod. And MJF, Jesse, is the king of AEW, 26 years old. He is the new AEW world champion. We are living in the Maxwell Jacob Friedman era, and it's going to be fucking glorious. This is exactly who we need leading AEW. You want to know who else was 26 years old when they won their first world title? Randy Orton was 24 and Brock Lesnar was 25, right? Uh, the Rock was 26. There you go. The Rock was 26. That's uh, that's quite the company that MJF yeah. is uh, surrounded <laughs> yeah. himself with. <laughs> yes, it is. Unbelievable. I mean, I, I said it on Twitter today, early when I woke up. It was the first thing I tweeted. Uh, we've been saying it for, uh, we didn't see the firm, by the way. No firm. You know, oh. we, had, we had insinuated that maybe Regal was turning. We mentioned this weeks ago. Uh, we mentioned the firm possibly uh, coming and... Uh, Everything that MJF was doing with them, them beating him up was all a big ruse. But uh, the we'll devil see. the devil revealed himself, you know? Tony Schiavone even said William Regal sold his soul to the devil yes. at the end of the show. Um, there was no other outcome for this. It was either yeah. MJF or bust. MJF needed to win the world championship tonight, and that is what we have going forward, and I fucking love it. This is, uh, this is the new era of AEW. Yeah, Austin tweeted out about um, MJF. Oh yeah, what do you say? Uh, I can't find it. I was trying to fucking find it, but he it was it was short and sweet. Like he's like like just like MJF with like a star or something like that. I mean, he's he's putting them over. Good. Um, Revolution was announced for Chase Center in San Francisco, California. Oh March, my goodness! March fifth. When is WrestleMania? Uh, WrestleMania is April 2nd and April 3rd, I believe. April, okay. Yeah, right. April Yeah, April 1, April 2, I think, one of them. Yeah. That first Revolution. Saturday is Sunday in April. Chase Center, San Francisco, California. I wish it was a little closer. I don't, want, I don't really want to get on a fucking flight for six hours. Wait, who plays there? The Chase Center? I don't know. Basketball team? Uh, 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 the Golden State Warriors. There you go. I thought it was up. Guys, listen, man. We had 2,900 people tonight in the venue, man. Uh, clearly number one. Uh, we, we, were prob- we were probably right underneath the AEW media scrum. So thank you guys very much for all of your support tonight on the podcast. Love to see it. We got 13. We're going on 1,300 likes. That's great, guys. Thank you so much. We got Super Chats to go over. Memberships. Get them on in. How's that list? I'm thinking about cutting out. Uh, we, got, uh, we got several. All right. So if you want to cut out, if you want to cut out, you can cut out. I'm going to let you guys go, bro. Thanks for having me on, bro. There you go. No problem, bro. I enjoyed this show. I enjoyed this review. Uh, You guys have been great in chat. 
Thank you so much. Come join me on Monday. Find out how you can win a PlayStation 5. And I will see you guys next time. There you go. Thanks, bro. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Peace, bro. Thanks. Later. There you go, guys. Jesse is uh, leaving. And uh, he is gone. Actually, uh, let me... uh, I'm going to fix myself. So just give me... uh, Give me a second here. I should have this already set up. But... There you go. Now we're back. It's just me, bro. It's just me now. I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much, man. Let's get into the Super Chats. Let's get into the Super Chats. You guys can still get them on in. Michelle Moran with a $2 Super Chat. Ring of Honor title match was five taco classic. Kudos to them. I thought it was the best match of the entire night. Spencer Morgan with a $10 super chat. I wanted to donate while you're alive, but I just got off work, so have to go watch Full Gear first and then come back and watch your replay. Keep up the good work, JD. Spencer Morgan, thank you so much, brother. I appreciate you very much, man. Joseph Taylor with a $10 super chat. Full Gear, 10 out of 10. The Elevers, Death Triangle, the Acclaimers, Keith Lee, and Swerve Strickland. M. Jeffers, John Moxley, man, matches of the night. I'm excited for this William Regal MJF pairing. I'm looking forward to it too, Joseph. I said it. I've been saying it, man. That first promo on the Dynamite we see MJF win the world title, his coronation, that first promo as world champion is going to be fucking off the chain. It's going to be so good. Captain Solo with a $5 Super Chat. Hopefully with MJF as champion, AEW will... Enjoy high TV ratings. God knows they deserve it. OTS for life. I think a lot of people are going to tune in for MJF, bro. Especially with the the big uh, swerve that happened tonight. Michelle Moran with a $2 Super Chat. Finally, Moxley can take that well-deserved break. Indeed. And he will. He's going to be gone for uh, probably the rest of the year. Joseph Taylor with a $5 Super Chat. The Death Triangle versus the Elite six more times. Take my money, says Joseph Taylor. I don't know about all that, bro. Um, I'm not going to complain about it. But uh, I hope it doesn't get boring. I hope they don't play it out too much to a point where I'm just sick of seeing it. Knowing all six guys, they'll probably do what they can to really reinvent the wheel here. And it's a best of seven. You know? I think when stakes are on the line like that, it really kind of gets the crowd into it. So uh, I'm fully expecting this to be uh, a, a thumbs-up strategy from Tony Khan. Eric Newton with a $5 Super Chat. Thank you, buddy. Solid pay-per-view. I thought it was an 8 out of 10. Happy Jamie Hader won and MJF won. My only gripe was Hobbs didn't win the TNT title and the TBS title match. Yeah, the Jade and Nyla match is already forgotten, bro. Nobody, Nobody's talking about that. Uncle Willie 101 with a new membership for four. Actually, no, not a new membership. It's four months. Thank you for being a VIP for four months, brother. What are you drinking to celebrate? Hey, JD, it's Will. I took your advice. I'm going to start wrestling training soon. Happy to hear that, brother. Good luck with that, buddy. Dragon Punch Studios becomes a member for two months. 
Much love, the OTS fam, and the ace of the YWC. Also, Grimm's Toy Show was wearing a Cena shirt and had a jizz-in-my-pants moment in the ladies' champ match. I uh, I don't know what Grimm is up to, bro. Uh, Grimm is, uh, is doing his own thing, bro. I don't know. Grimm is good people, though. About 10 midgets with a 13-month VIP membership. Oh, my goodness. The biggest shock of the night was Jamie Hayden winning that championship. What's the over-under on Britt turning almost immediately? Over, for sure. I'd love to see Britt turn. I think we need to see bitchy Britt, you know? Just turn, be a heel. I think that would be great. Golden Boy with a 14 months. Gentlemen, what are you drinking for the recommitments? Willie, Dragon Punch, Midgets, and Golden Boy. What are you drinking to celebrate? It's an honor and a privilege to be a part of the OTS family. JD, you are the best second to none. Respect and love you, man. Raise your glass and be proud, goat. Thank you so much, brother. Hey, Isa. Isa, what are you want? What are you up to, bro? Uh, Isa, I, uh, I I saw who you were with tonight, bro. I, w- I was jealous. Uh, I'm sorry. I, 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 you know, you know. I'm here in the venue and uh, sad, bro. Um. Dud, $2 super chat. Triple H needs to bring back Tucker. Yes. Tucker Knight needs to be back in WWE for sure. I would absolutely love to see Evan Machinery back. Grim, Hooligrim, what's up, man? MJF hit gods here tonight, and that post-show scrum was fire. I'm about to watch it. Uh, I'm about to watch it after the uh, stream is over. Also, uh, Epic Trios match, OTS for life. Yeah, Issa, I boycotted the fucking show tonight, man. I wasn't going to go just because of what Jade did to me. And now Revolution's in San Francisco, man. Who the fuck wants to travel to San Francisco? Anyway, uh, yes, MJF had got to you tonight, brother. Yes, I got to watch his uh, his promo on the scrum. KW with a 49.99 super chat. MJF walked into the scrum and gave the thank you, fuck you, bye treatment, hoping the hater and MJF wind up, hoping MJF and Jamie Hater wind up being the reset AW needs. Next old-fashioned is on me, Ace. I love me some old-fashioned, bro. You know me. Twisted 1077 with a 10-month membership. A nice curveball tonight. Loved it. Jamie Hayter. I can get used to it. Booty meat. Keep up the good work, JD and Jesse. From Quebec, Canada. You're going to send me something. Okay. Let me get some music playing in here, man. Um, Yeah, bro. Thank you so much, uh, Twisted. I appreciate it, man. Nice curveball for sure. I didn't expect it. I did not expect it. Um, what was I going to say? 
I forgot what I was going to say. Anyway, it'll come back to me. Uh, Dud, thank you for the $5 Super Chat. Number one, the new Fight Forever trailer rocked. Yes, it did. Still no release date. I know. I, I can't wait. Uh, I think it'll be in the spring sometime. Uh, I think AW really needs a creative team, one that knows wrestling very well. I've been saying this for months now. Eric Newton with $5 Super Chat. MJF was the first thing I saw when I first watched AEW, and he reignited my love for pro wrestling after three years. So happy to see my guy win the belt. Absolutely, man. Plus, he's from New York, so you got you to gotta represent. You got to feel good for our fellow New Yorkers. Gavin Deeth with a Australia mic, $5 Super Chat. Hater to beat Rosa, and then the era of the co-women's champions, Britt and Jamie Hater begins. I hope to God not. Jaxo, 23 with a $10 Super Chat. TNT Championship division is a mess. It is. Nothing really resonates as serious there. Philip Newton with a $4.99 Super Chat. Jesse, have you tried Mindy's Bakery? Uh, Jesse has not tried Mindy's Bakery at all. Sounds like Mindy's Bakery is overrated, bro. Oh, my God. You sent me all the fans getting up for, for Jade's match. <laughs> Look at all the people just walking to the concessions, man. I've seen it on the hard camera. You watch the replay back. You look at the hard camera, right? You see the people in the venue. It's There was so many empty seats. Do I blame them? Of course I don't. But, hey, it was better than Maria Shafir. Philip. Thank you for the 499 cake. I lost you. Where'd you go? Cake with the 19 months. Jamie Tony was pure cinema. Seeds planted for the UK show. I'm glad Saray is back. I'm glad to be back at the venue as well. Absolutely, brother. Absolutely. You would think that they were giving fucking uh, burritos away at the Prudential Center with uh, all those people leaving for the concessions. Maybe they were giving three-for-one t-shirts away. I don't know. Mike Abraham with a $10 super chat. Born in Flushing, raised in Hempstead, and couldn't be more proud. Long, How long you gentlemen think this reign should or more, more realistically could be? Just curious, respectfully. Uh, Mike MJF needs to go on a Roman Reigns-like run. Anything less? No, thank you. James with a 17-month recommitment to the VIP club. Come on, goons. Hit the thumbs up. I have the Voltron variant of COVID. Made the... Way through the whole pay-per-view and now here to... If I can make it... You can smash it. Brother, I hope you get well, man. I hope you get well. I don't know why uh, it's that time of year, man. People are going to get sick. Just take care of yourselves. Thank you for the 17 months, brother. Tyler with a 499 Super Chat. We'll see if Sasha shows up at New Japan Stardom tonight. I think she's going to be at War Games. Great pay-per-view, uh, JD. JD is the GOATS. OTS for life. 
Uh, that's my prediction, bro. I, I think she ends up at War Games, but we could also see her challenge for uh, the IWGP Women's Championship. Her and Kyrie at the Tokyo Dome for Wrestle Kingdom? I think that would be fucking great. Sinister Classic with a $2 Super Chat. JD met a lot of good people tonight because of you. Where did you meet these people, bro? And why are you thanking me? What did I have to do with it? I'm very curious. Man of 1,005 holds with a 15-month membership. Awesome full gear. The show didn't feel four hours long to me. The women's AEW title was the match of the night for me. All hail MJF. Uh, it felt four hours to me. Listen, uh, I'm going to forever be in that boat of I think the show should end no later than 11.15. Seven matches, eight matches, max. Lloyd Grissom with the $2 Super Chat. Tomorrow's my birthday, JD. Enjoy the show. Happy fucking birthday, Lloyd. Let me see birthday cake emojis in the chat for Lloyd Grissom. Man of a thousand five holes with a two dollar super chat for what that bum did to Denise. Get him out. I seen her Twitter, bro. Uh, that was uh, some creepy shit. Wrestling fans are the lowest of the low, bro. Uh, Jacob Donnelly with a five dollar super chat. Believe it or not, my favorite moment of the night was Jamie Hader winning the women's title. Expected, unexpected, but absolutely the right move. Jacob, first of all, I'm happy to see you. Number one. Number two. Uh, yeah, I can't. Can't really fault you for that. That was a big moment. Great moment. Wild Stallions with a new membership. Thank you, Wild Stallions, becoming a new member, bro. What are you drinking? Perfect Cell 71 with a Canadian 699 Super Chat. MJF needs to go through the pillars, and Kenny needs to be the man to take him down. Love the show, guys. Cheers. I could see it. I think that would be a great storyline. MJF's got to fucking knock all the pillars down until there's one remaining. Him. Philip Newton with a 499. Tonight was a great reboot to AEW indeed. Much love, JD. Thank you, Philip Newton. Phil with a $10 super chat. Awesome show. Elite losing shocked me. Soraya looked good. What do we do with Wardlow now? The growth of Hater is amazing to see. MJF is the king of AEW. Best AEW pay-per-view all year for me. I thought Revolution was better, but this was number two for me, bro. And uh, Wardlow, I said, let's get him in a trio with FTR. I think that's a good role for him. Gregory with a new membership. Gregory Necrosovas. What are you drinking, brother? Steven Vandelli, thank you once again for a $100 Super Chat. I appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much for your generosity. Gregory, again with a 499 Super Chat. Elite vs. Death Triangle was the best match of the night for me. Keep being the best podcast in pro wrestling. Thank you, Gregory. Kinson Stanley with a $10 Super Chat. In my opinion, the Young Bucks versus the Lucha Brothers is better than the Hardys versus the Dudleys. I won't argue with you, bro. I mean, the Bucks and the Lucha Brothers. It's some fantastic shit, really. Jaxo, 23 with a $50 bomb. 
Awesome show. Soraya looked good. What do we do now with Wardlow? I, I just read that one. Actually, no, this is... Uh, did I just read this one? I'm so fucking confused, man. Soraya looked good. What do we do now? Yes, I just read this one. I call DT winning this match. Thank you, Jack. So, uh, yeah, Soraya looked good. Wardlow trios, man. Trios with FDR. Tanmay with a 799. How are they going to book the rest or the best of seven series? That triangle going to beat the elite five times? No, bro. It's going to be seven matches that culminate in LA. That's what's going to happen. Justin with a 499 Super Chat. Regal turning on Mox was absolutely awesome. MJF absolutely deserved the championship. Loved this pay-per-view ending. Great ending to a great show. Keep doing a great job, guys. Thank you, Justin, for the 499 Super Chat. Jesse had to bail out of here. Cake with two $5 Super Chats. I made some pizza bagels, and I have a Sprite Cranberry for the number one tag team in the IWC. Also, a backup hangman started the Moxley chant. He started the fuck you Moxley chant? Shame on him. Wardlow's run was so bad, he didn't even have a personalized TNT title. My boy deserves better. Indeed he does. Jesse Caro with a 20-month OTS membership. Thank you so much, Jesse. Great pay-per-view. Way to rebound coming out of Brawl Out. I thought we were getting info on Fight Forever tonight during the pay-per-view. Did I miss something? Yes, they just released an extended trailer with extended video game in-game footage. And it looks great. No release date yet. Bygman with a 199 Super Chat. Keep keeping it real, Jesse and JD. Much love. Thank you, brother. Francis Loop. With a $10 Super Chat, I think Jamie Hayter versus Thunder Rosa would be a better dynamic because if you turn Thunder Rosa heel, the crowd would even be more behind Jamie Hayter to help her be an even bigger babyface. I'd love to see Thunder Rosa go heel. I think the time is now. Joseph Taylor with a $5 Super Chat. Two things. My favorite three rock bands are Kansas, Poison, and ACDC. My favorite Guitar Hero game is Guitar Hero 3, Legends of Rock. Francis Loop with a $15 Super Chat. I think the trio's division should be for factions so they can use the Freebird rule. Factions like the Dark Order, the Nightmare Factory, the Wingmen, and the Best Friends. I think Malachi Black should be in the main event scene for either the Ring of Honor or AEW Championship. I would also make the House of Black all babyfaces. Trio's division just be for factions the freebird rule should be used for uh, just two on two tag team I'd love to see the freebird rule used a little bit more loosely in AEW Malachi should absolutely be in a world championship situation uh, he's just like Omega I feel like his value is more as a singles as uh, as he is than a trio Jaxo 23 with a $10 Super Chat. TK messed up TNT Championship Division. Also, the acclaimed have arrived. Yeah, the wingmen, no, nah, no, nah, the wingmen don't belong on TV. I'm sorry, get him out. Uh, Phil with a 499 Super Chat. This might be a bit of a hot take, but I liked the way 
Keith Lee walked out more than a very formulaic post-match attack. What do you guys think? Yeah, it was great. He didn't beat him down. Swerve just got angry, slapped him in the face, tried to slap some sense into him. Keith Lee said, fuck off. He walked out. Like, you want to win on, on your own that way? Go ahead. You go do what you got to do. I'm not going to be a part of it. I liked it. I thought it was great. $2 Super Chat by The Cake. Would you do Keith Lee versus Maxwell JD? Yeah, somewhere down the line I could see it. Kazama Fury with a four-month VIP membership. Blackpool Combat Club minus Regal came out and told Mox what Regal did post-pay-per-view. I covered the stage level as an EMT. Maybe it airs in a vignette Wednesday. I could see it, bro. I would hope so. I'd love to see that. And thank you for being here, bro. I didn't know that. Jose Gomez with a $5 Super Chat. Hey, JD, great post show as always, but I have a question. Will you ever stream Pokemon Violet? I would love to see you play a main series Pokemon game. Yeah, I would love to, bro, but I hate streaming from the Nintendo Switch. Maybe. I don't know. We'll see. I don't really have the audience for that. It's more of just uh, a me thing, you know? Cake with a $2 Super Chat with the new era. Should they redesign the title? No. Now, he's waited three years for this title. You give him this title. Tommy Brannigan with an 11-month VIP membership. Awesome show, JD and Jesse. And Wednesday should be a great Fallout show. Absolutely. I can't wait for for, uh, Wednesday's Dynamite. Thanksgiving Eve, bro. Siren becomes a new member. Siren, what are you drinking, brother? Jesse's still in the chat, though, listening. Waiting to call me a nerd because I like Pokemon. Fucking geek. Thank you, Siren. What are you drinking, brother? El Ahmed Gaming with a 1999 Super Chat. I was at the Prudential Center today, and what a mega pay-per-view. Babyface MJF was so over a mox. Looked great as a heel. Who do you think will feud with MJF next? Wardlow, Adam Cole, comeback, or other? Appreciate you as always, brother. Well, first Ricky Starks, and then I said Eddie Kingston, bro. Jesse and I both said Eddie Kingston. That would be a great revolution main event. You build up Eddie is going after the big one one final time. Either at revolution or double or nothing. Jeremy Lewis with a 16-month membership. What are you drinking to celebrate tonight, bro? Oh, the many clashes to come from the devil and the god of pro wrestling. No, not talking about that clown, Baron Corbin. Cheers to 16 months and running. Baron Corbin never won a world championship, and here MJF is. They're very cozy with each other. Here MJF is at 26 years old winning his first world title. And Anthony Bayless with a new membership. Thank you so much, brother. What are you drinking tonight to celebrate your new membership, man? That's all we got, guys. That's uh, that's all the Super Chats. We had a great show tonight, man. We were very focused. We were laser focused. We were in, right? It's 32 fucking degrees in New York City. I got the heat pumping. 
The venue was rocking and rolling all night. We got four new members tonight. We got a bunch of recommitments, a bunch of people wanting to be the VIP club or in the VIP club. Number one in the community with the most views live out of any podcast in the community. And we fucking killed it tonight, man. AEW killed it. OTS killed it. I appreciate you guys very much, man. Jesse had to bail. If you guys don't uh, see Jesse, it's because he did not want to be a part of the Super Chats. He wanted to go make a cold beverage and go hop on Modern Warfare 2. Or maybe just go to sleep, man. It's uh, 2 o'clock by him. I know that's exactly what I'm doing. Because I got my first session with a personal trainer tomorrow, man. My boy Evil Genius is going to be training me so I can do two pull-ups. Anyway. Appreciate you guys, man. We'll be live tomorrow night. We'll be live tomorrow night, man. It'll be VIP only. Members only tomorrow night. Off the script, episode 453. We'll have a good time tomorrow. And then we'll hit Thanksgiving week, man. The last week of... uh, No, actually, it's not the last week. It is... uh, Yeah, we're going on... uh, Thanksgiving week, and then we got War Games week. We got two weeks left. A week and a half left. Should be great. Anyway, guys, uh, hit that thumbs up. Continue to hit that thumbs up. Thank you for the 1,000 minimum. I know you guys are going to continue hitting the thumbs up. Thank you for the memberships. Thank you for the super chats tonight. Make sure you guys follow me on social media at JD from NY206. That's Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Go check out all the other contents on the channel. It's all on the homepage. And make sure you guys check the live section on the homepage to find all my live streams. And you'll see me live, like I said, tomorrow night for OTS right here from the OTS venue. Guys, have a great night. It's 3 a.m. Here on the East Coast, I'm going to bed. I need those rock-on emojis. I need those ace emojis. I need those Mustang emojis. And I need that music on max. I'll see you guys tomorrow night, live from the venue for episode 453 of Off the Script. I'll see you guys later.